0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. This is The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 8. Is it? Yeah, the mid-season finale called Evolution. Here I am in the living room on a phone. It's a little weird. So this might be a little different, or it is going to be different than the normal podcast. But I figured instead of waiting a week and a half to talk about this episode, it's better to come out here like this. Also be one more podcast like this or one more live stream like this probably on Wednesday or Thursday for Vikings. But here I am. I'm out here to talk about that episode. Fun episode at the end there a little bit. I definitely like the way they got into the show Jesus fight and fight, 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 The way it was filmed was pretty good action. Oh, now I can like move around. I have the whole couch to my disposal. This is going to be a ridiculous little while here until I lose my voice because of insanity right now. But, wow. Guys, are you okay with what happened to Jesus? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. This Walking Dead episode seemed to follow that same pattern for me this season that's happening where we set something up that's, that's really boring for 40 minutes of this episode. I was falling asleep. I was struggling to pay attention to give a shit what's happening. And then I thought the the bit that we had at the end there, with all the action piece that went with it, which ultimately led to Jesus' death, was relatively filmed pretty well. The fog, I, I saw someone say in the chat before, do we really need to film the fog? Do you know why they needed to film the fog? Because they wanted to make it look cooler than it was. And I thought it was a cool little silly setup there, and I thought that was mildly entertaining on that end. And I also... Generally liked everything with our strike force team with Aaron and Jesus and Daryl all all on their own going off around there And I enjoyed the Carol stuff that we had in their episode the the adventures of Henry I mean, I wish we had Joe on tonight to talk about that but but the Henry situation I guess was interesting because we got a Little bit of real life kind of situation with with the dumbasses that were pissing on the zombie (laughs) having fun in that context That was a good moment, but Henry continues to be one of the dumbest dumbasses in the world, but I'm not alone. I may be alone with me. That's right, I got bet- oh wait, watch, the camera's about to fall. I've got with me Betty the cat. Hey, Betty, how are you? What'd you think of this episode? Oh, Betty's asleep. That's what Betty thought of this episode. But no, I have with me, of course, the live motherfucking chat. Let's see what the live motherfucking chat thought about this episode. Santovia Major says, "I feel cheated. Jesus did all that badass ninja stuff, and all Beta did was duck." <laughs> I actually thought that was filmed relatively funny and and decent enough because you kept expecting something to happen with Jesus, even if you didn't read a spoiler, or even if I don't know if the people that saw a lot of this in the comics. I saw someone put a comment put a comment in there that said it's hard to feel for this because you kind of knew the beats that were coming having not read this section of the of the graphic novel, I didn't know what was coming, and I knew what the fuck was coming. You could just see it right from the beginning of the episode. And it, you know what You know what it does, really? It makes me go back to the last episode, when we're introduced as Jesus as the leader of the community and there's all that hudzaplu with that. Do you know what that was all for? That was all just to accept Tara as the new leader at Hilltop. It was all of that shit just happened. Yeah, yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys are going, hi, 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 hi. You know what I'm going to... Test out having a stand up desk here. Yeah, that's what that's what got. It's gonna be a stand up cast. Oh, here I am. I'm standing up. But yeah, it basically just to me set up, we had all of that last week in that situation just so we could set up that, oh, hey, everybody, Tara's is the new leader here at camp. and to give her the credibility to show her off in that Smithers role. So when she takes over the role for Jesus, it's it's easy. I have not moved yet, Bernie, we're uh, we're basically, the closing for the move is tomorrow, and then we're moving shit starting this week, so right now I'm in my living room on my phone, whoa, and I'm way too close to you guys, like, we're too close, no, way too far away, can you kill off Michonne, your cat's last name is white, Betty White. This chapter is deception. Hey, I got to mute you till I see the episode. I have not moved. Maybe someone from Manga's group can can learn to spin kick. Glad you could make it. The acting seems stiff. I think fear had better, better storm than this shit, in my opinion. Betty, we got Tom himself in the live chat. We got Killmonger. I came in on this episode 10 minutes late and did not miss nothing. Why kill Jesus? They should have killed Eugene. Do you know why they had to kill Jesus? Because they finally did something relatively interesting with him. Or they had to set up an interesting thing with him. And they didn't... They don't know what to do with this character. They had no clue what to do with this character. So you have them have finally have a decent fight scene where they've set up... Or I've always heard how Jesus is supposed to be this... This warrior. <laughs> a Klingon warrior of sorts. Excuse me. And... You finally do all that where you have Jesus be the Klingon warrior that he is. And you show him fight, 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 fight. In the slow motion spin kick. Should I try to do a slow motion? No, I shouldn't try to do a slow motion spin kick. That won't go good. Mm-mm-mm. But yes. I don't know. And then they leave things off on a somewhat of a cliffhanger again at the end here where they pan up and it looks like all of our heroes are going to face their demise. I have the same problem when I look on these phone streams. I'm looking right there, which is looking at myself in my eyes. No. No, look there. Look at you. But they set this up for this big cliffhanger that we had at the end, which I know The Walking Dead gets a lot of shit for cliffhangers at the end of mid-season finales or whatever. But I don't mind that stuff to a certain extent. But what I do mind is when you def- when you blow up any suspense that you've built at the end there on the preview for the back half of the season. Literally, like literally, the next frame after s- after you hear the whispers, Oh, we've got them. There's no escaping now. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay. My, oh, my. What a fucked up day. We're going to kill you. Zed's dead, baby. But... but- after setting that all up, they set this big scene which I, I can say I relatively enjoy. You set this all up, and then AMC betrays you again by almost immediately setting the next time on the back half of the season, and they show the characters that were in suspense standing there back at camp. Like I guess this I guess they just got away. I guess this was more of a tell your friends on the whispers. I'm Opie. So I have the episode on again in the background right there. Uh, well, this this could be an interesting touch to this. Well, we, let me experiment. So, so then we have this shit going on here with these guys. And I mean, I'm pretty okay with these guys for the most part. If they were introduced a little bit, I don't like how they're being established and how they're kind of taking over the game, so to speak. That I don't like. I don't and I'm not very interested in when you get hostile takeovers on television shows like this and this new crew of characters come in and they're supposed to be our new focus main characters. I don't think it was done in a very, and again, I I know people hate this word when it's used too much, but organic way. This whole season, this whole, everything in the first 40 minutes of this episode. Now that, that was me complimenting the episode. Now, everything that happened in the first 40 minutes of the episode is nothing but fucking exposition over and over the fuck again, over and over and over and over again, it's either about this group, this new group, and how their eyes watching this new community, or it's 15, 20, 20, 20,000 different ways to Sunday about what happened in this six-year gap. Someone said in the chat a few seconds ago, did they explain the the incident, what Maggie, they didn't, they kind of glazed over it. Every other situation, they give these long, detailed descriptions about what happened in the six-year gap. Within that gap, stick me in the gap again. I want to be in the gap. But instead of that, they kind of, they yada yada it. I know what you've been through, Michonne. Do you think they'll ever forgive you for what you've done? Like all this vagary talk about some shit that happened in this six-year gap that we're never going to see. Or maybe we'll see in the movies. Maybe that's why they're setting it up. They're singing up a, the, so we can get movies to fill in the gap. Yippee, y- yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. I don't care about these fucking movies. If you can't get the prime show done. I hate when you withhold stuff you want to give us. Withhold good shit. Or dog shit. Because you need to put it off. Because you need to find a new way to present your product again. Because your ratings are dripping off or, and you're panicking. So you have to go for a new strategy. Which is this movie thing that you're doing. Fuck you. <laughs> we try to catch up here in the live chat a little bit. I did not mode. I'm Phil and I can stand. This chapter is Deception. I cannot wait till you talk about something I watch. Bernie will be talking about Vikings very soon. I don't know if you watch that. And Joe and I, once we get into the new place, we'll be doing weekly Game of Thrones content again as we're getting into the same year as Game of Thrones. We have a month, so we actually have an end date. <laughs> So we'll be doing some fun stuff soon. I agree the acting was bad. It's just, it's not clicking with anyone in the new cast. For me anyways, when... Looking around to make sure Joe's not hiding somewhere. I think Negan was again the best part of this episode for me. I'm back. I got disconnected there for a second. You know why? Because I started to talk about how Negan was the best part of this episode. And Joe hijacked my stream and said, not on my watch, asshole. But I I generally thought... Negan and, Negan and Gabriel were the best parts of the episode because they're the two best actors that are on the show for me right now. And the ones that are connecting most most with their characters, even though I don't necessarily like their characters. Seth and Jeffrey D. Morgan are both pretty damn good actors that can kind of carry the scene themselves. Whereas some of the other stuff that's going on is just this draggy stuff. I know I'm a Star Trek fan, and I'm supposed to, like, glorify everything. It would be like watching an episode of Next Generation with no data and no Picard, and you're having to watch, like, Riker and Troy deliver dialogue to each other. I feel something. What do you feel? I feel sadness. Well, why would you? Just, it's stupid. Negan in Tekken 7 whistles the same song. Uh, we got we got Lindsay in the live motherfucking chat. Uh, Jeffrey Demon Dorgan is the next Rick. We saw it in this episode, and saw it several times as we're as Negan's gonna save the day in a very important way. And I love how <laughs> I love how they can't even be bothered with how he escapes or anything. It's just someone left the gate unlocked, and I know we probably will find who left the gate unlocked. But I th- I really do think it was the showrunner being like, you know, we're we're really boring here. We we need someone to spice things up <laughs> because someone unlocked Negan's cage. Callie, Callie in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see you, buddy. We have to tell Opie Halloween's over to take off his mask. Hey, JDM is always great. Did you watch the show, but I wouldn't miss the issues. Po- I didn't watch the show, but I wouldn't miss the issues podcast. Well, it's more of like a silly, ridiculous me talking to the camera running in circles. I, mean, I guess I should upload this as a podcast, too. <laughs> sorry for the bad audio quality and sorry for the... Unusual broadcast. We'll be back to our normal-ish, however, however normal we are on this by the third episode of Vikings of this season. The next couple of weeks are going to be crazy. Not to mention, I don't even I don't even want to put it out there in the world, the, the weirdness that this day took. So uh, maybe because I don't have much to talk about this episode. We're gonna go through a quick recap in a second here and I guess I guess I could find a way I'm not sure how to do it but if you guys do want to call in please do it 781-990-8509 give me that 781-990-8509 leave your voicemail if I can't or text message if I can't get to it tonight we will try to have some sort of podcast or at least a five-minute cast or take some questions from the comments in this videos for Joe Dirty Locks to get his thoughts on the season finale as well. Mm-mm-mm. Didn't watch the show. Jesus died. Yes, Jesus died. <laughs> for all of our awful, awful awful sins. We got the WW, the world, from parts unknown. Weighing in at 237 pounds. I don't know how much you weigh, Jeff. I'm just, um, just picking a number. Six foot seven, 237 pounds. I don't know what that would look like, but he's pretty fucking built. Jeff Giordano. Whoa, 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 whoa. I probably killed his name. (laughs) Yeah, Joe jumped me. He heard me talking good about Negan. We're probably going to have three or four more of those disconnections before this show that I'm doing is over. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But this does make me feel very happy about like this kind of setup where I have a stand up room. In our new location, I'm gonna try to get a multiple room setup going on so I can be babbling in one room, run to another room and still be on camera. (laughs) We'll see, we'll see how that works out. Probably a year into living there, I'll finally get to that. Season 10. Well, they brought too many new people at once Corey Mitchell, Corey Mitchell saying this reminds, it kind of reminds a little bit of that last season of Scrubs. Me too. Me too. I was kind of babbling about that a little bit towards the, towards a couple of episodes ago too. And my fear for, that's kind of like, as much as I love Scrubs and I think those, all of those early seasons, those first nine seasons, nine seasons are pretty damn good. I think there's a couple ones in the middle that are a little screwy. That last season is so shitty and it's shitty for the same reason that The Walking Dead in these last three episodes has been. I'm hoping that this introductory vibe that they have where they're introducing new characters, they get all of this out of the way now. So at least maybe when we start the second half of the season, we can hit the ground running. Cause I generally think at least in this episode and a couple of times this half season, when Rick was still around too, they can do they do action pretty well when they pick up the pace and the and the least the fun to kind of keep me going with it it's the dialogue it's the breakdown I know I'm over and over and over saying the same shit but it's true it's just so redundant it's 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 obtuse would you call me yeah you heard me scroll down here to the bottom to the bottom say good evening That's fucking motherfucker. Let's go. They killed Jesus, but not Tara, Enid, or Aaron. Come on. What the fuck? We got Lady Wolferton in the live chat. Tim F. Great to see Tim F. In the live chat. Ellie. I never... Lindsay says, I'll never get over how they completely shafted Jesus on this show. He's such a badass in the comics. He deserved better. It reminds me a lot of... Of uh, the same sort of thing that they did with Tyrese in the way of just not really knowing what to do with the character after a certain point in time. So the best thing they can do is kill him in a really weird way where it's forced and really just presented to us in an obvious way. It's it's It was so, like, where they predict their, their pitch. They, like, point out there, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It was all set up through almost the whole episode and through last week too, where I Don't Want to Be Leader and all those discussions. Now you see it, it's just so painfully painfully obvious the way they brought Jesus to the slaughter. Oh my goodness. Let's scroll the fuck down here. Weak deaths of Jason Voorhees. Jesus was so good in the comics. Curvy Enid's best... Curvy Enid, best character development so far. I'm telling you, Daryl having conversations with his dog would be hilarious. You want some Scooby snacks? Yes, Daryl and the dog is like shaggy and Scooby-Doo. But let's not waste any more time because I'm almost already done talking about this episode. But... Let's get into it. It's time for the bomb bomb
1: recap.
0: Lowering it down because I need to get to my computer. Recap, oh okay. god! Let's scroll down here, motherfucker. Time for our recap of this episode. This episode recap is brought to you by dog Daryl's dog dog. Oh my goodness. So here we go, whatever the recap of this episode is, let's get into this. It's going to be gonna not going to be as good. I like how this time I can play my own background music to the show, but i missed the shut the fuck up Joe. And there was one point where someone did say shut the fuck up in this episode, or Daryl, I think, said what the fuck or something, where there was a, a lot of times where I needed to have a few uh, sound, sound cues tonight, while well, my computer screens make me look really ominous. It was a dark and stormy night on The Walking Dead, everybody. Ha 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 Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Okay, let's go. Cali says, I'm not watching this train wreck of a show anymore. I watch these reviews, though. Haven't watched since Carl's death. That means a lot to me, Cali Cali. unit in his heart, says Jason. Cal yeah, gets his recap time. I love how Rick's I love how Rick gets a helicopter and Jesus gets, well, shit happened, dude. <laughs> so let's get into this episode as I look insane with the, the light. Soon you will be in a new dimension where you can drink my blood. And I don't have those little sound cues now, so we're, what, what, what am I supposed to drink? Now I have to, like, pause. But I'm, I'm going to turn on the brightness of my computer because that's really creepy. ha ha ha. And I have to use some things to dramatic effect. Since I don't have sound effects, I'll have to use my computer light. And then Jesus said, Oh, I'm stupid. Okay. So, yeah, don't worry. Jesus will be back in a couple days. So, we open up on walkers. It's a good first shot of a herd. We see Jesus and Aaron and Daryl have never seen anything like this. We can see some more fun angles and creepy Vibe as dog knows that the storm is coming. Bliss says this show is starting to have a legitimate different feel to it, and a legitimate different feel to it than a previous had. There are some positives, but I'm not sure about the show moving forward. That is a very accurate and well thought out explanation of what's going on right now. The show is definitely in a transitional form. Some parts could be seen as more fun and lighter with a different kind of look, but it's I feel like it's in that mixing point where it's not sure what it is right now and it's transforming itself into where where it wants to be post-Rick and where this new direction is going. It also reminds me a little bit of the Glee situation when they wanted to do the spinoff with... (laughs) You're talking about Glee? Yes, I am. When they wanted to do a spinoff with one of the characters going to New York City. And instead of doing the spinoff, because they didn't have the balls to do the spinoff, excuse me, they decided to keep the same show. Do both do both two shows at once while mixing screen time in both locations. I feel like this is doing the two different shows. It's doing the 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 wrap up of the show that we've been watching for so many years with all of our main characters, and then on top of it, it's doing this introduction with these new this new group that's that's doing this hostile takeover of the show essentially. So yeah, and I'm not sure. About the show moving forward either. Of how I'm going to... If I'm going to love it. Or I don't know if I... If it's certain characters I liked. And as they are transitioned out into new new characters. But maybe for the show to continue it needs to do this. I don't know. I don't know what the show can do right now. I know it's going to continue. I know we're probably never going to have a time. Where there isn't Walking Dead something. For a long time. And... And I guess I can hope... I can talk shit about that, or I can hope they can finally get something good. But in this main Prime series right now, I don't... I think we're going to go through some bad times, but I'm hoping that the worst times were these three episodes and this this transition, and then when we hit the ground running in our new season, it's completely a different feel. But when we see the scenes from the next half of the season, it seems to be hinting that we're going to get just more of the same. We hear interpolitics discussions and vagaries and... Oh my. It's going to, but yes, it's going to turn into the Negan show. And I guess that's where these three episodes may be different than what we get in the future, where I think at least in the back half of season nine leading into season 10, and I do think we're going to go to season 10, it's going to be the Negan show. He's going to be our star of our show, especially hardcore pumping out in season 10. The last time I was excited for the show was the terminus stuff. I agree. Calico says Vikings, badly written too, over-the-top acting, in my opinion. Or laughing my ass off. At times, it definitely has some over-the-top acting and it does some weird time jumps as well that I'm not too much of a fan of. Phil has Phil was there, he worked at Sabaros. It wasn't a Sabaros, it was a Papu at the time, Mike. But yes. <laughs> there were some really awkward moments in this episode mixed with some good concepts though. I think most of the good concepts came in a certain section of the storyline, in in some of the stuff dealing with the herd and dealing with them focusing on st- strategies and opening up that aspect of it. I think there was some awkward, like, ugh, off-tone shit going on in this episode, though, too. And And I don't mind that as the show figures out what it is. But in a mid-season finale, I think you should be balls to the wall if you're going to set it up in this way that you always have to have these mid-season finales and hype them up. I think you need to bring your best game here. And I think the way that this whole half a season was imagined, partially maybe Andrew Lincoln threw them for a loop because he was like, I need out now, and I'm only going to do contractually this many episodes and get me the hell out. For whatever reason, I think someone said, would I have rather Rick had that death? No. But I would have rather something have happened them to set it up to combine both things, maybe, and have Rick Jesus has died this way, the same way. If, even if you're simplifying and saying you're you're, you're forcing your game that Jesus is going to die this way this season, and Rick is going to disappear on that helicopter. So you could do that in one episode in the mid-season finale, and just hype it all up and build it all and cater story that leads up to that point or the episode before and then have a have a penultimate kind of episode situation whatever you want to do but what i don't think was the best choice in the walking dead it's a series of bad choice after bad choice post terminus or post getting to alexandria or wherever you want to say that moment was some people think or you could focus on the Glen dumpster thing or whatever. People want to focus on whatever moment that they stopped giving a crap. Or stopped stopped caring or stopped having the weight of the situation. The structure of this season could have been better. And they've made a lot of poor mistakes. And where they shot themselves in the foot where, where potential cool stuff could have happened. But instead it's like, fuck. And I hit my balls. How did Jesus get killed? Jesus was casually ninja fighting zombies and killing them very easily. And one of the zombies was not a zombie, or a lot of them were not a zombie. And one of them ducked at the right time and stabbed him right in the heart. Season 10, Rick comes back, lands the helicopter in a whisper and goes, Oh, what I miss, guys. Uh, GDM is great, but Negan monologues are boring. Tom himself says, if I was going to hate every TV show or movie that didn't give me exactly what I wanted, I would just quit watching shit altogether. It's not about giving me what I want, Tom. It's about giving me something that makes sense and is still entertaining. Or it doesn't even make sense. Or I don't even give a shit about it makes sense, Tom. Especially when you're dealing with The Walking Dead. I love how one of my favorite lines of this entire episode is when Eugene was talking about how, oh, the walkers are evolving. And Daryl's like, I don't think that's possible. And someone I forget who it was that said it might have been Aaron said, "Well, we live in a world where there's zombies walking around. Uh, Would this be really far past the imagination?" And I love how they rationed that out a little bit. I don't like how we found out as quickly as possible stuff about the whispers. I guess I don't mind it being out there because everyone's kind of just throwing that information, is throwing that information out there for a while because it's you know it's in a different medium. So I guess it's one of those like the worst kept secrets. But for the people that did, were the secret kept of it, it it could have been a cool reveal. But Tom, the goal for me in television or in movies is to not get what I expect. It's for me to have it, predict for me anyways, it's for me to have it set in my mind what I think or what I want to happen, but then ultimately get that fucking television cock slapped right across my face and be completely surprised of what I see and shocked. Breaking Bad... Ozarks Season 2, especially Season 2 of Ozarks, or Season 1 as well. Game of Thrones at its best. Walking Dead early on, eh, moderately. (laughs) Oz, absolutely. The Sopranos, absolutely. Give me this kind of feeling of where I think I know what's going to happen, and they give me something else. In most cases, it's better than what I thought was going to happen. Especially in the cases of the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe thing. So let's go. The dog chipped in and was like, "Why don't you guys just call call them zombies, you motherfucker?" No, Phil. Jesus died for our sins. What is badly written? Oh my goodness! I love you guys in the live motherfucking chat. The cast of The Walking Dead looks like Starbucks frisbee throws. Besides Daryl, there's no badasses left. This is the Trigger Man Boardwalk Empire is another example of that. Especially Boardwalk Empire. Ugh. Boardwalk Empire is especially a great example of a show that kept me on my toes through the whole situation, and I never knew what exactly was going to happen. Great example. Most of the HBO shows, True Detective Season 1 is another example. I mean, there's a lot of shows, but I think that's the goal. Phil, I think the point is that you're letting the bad parts bother you more than getting the good parts. I think the point is you're trying to troll me any way possible, and if I said I love this episode, you'd be talking about how much I hated it. (laughs) I don't think you like this shit either, Tom. I just think you like arguing devil's advocate. I call you out, sir. I call you out on your bullshit, sir. And toast my drink to you. Motherfucker. Mm. Now, I generally liked a good 20 minutes of this episode, but I don't feel like... I almost want to type in the chat of the people that were watching the episode live that, oh, we have that 20 minute break where we're going to come back in with 15-20 minutes left in the episode, it's time for some good shit to happen. It's like the 40-minute lead-up of the episode is what I'm hating so much. It's not necessarily the payoffs that we're getting. (laughs) I know, I'm not special, Tom. I will will watch a show that, even if it abuses me, as long as it's well-written. At Cali, I agree with that point. There's so many shows I could think of examples of that, where they just fucking kill off people. They don't care about what I care about me as a viewer, they care about entertaining themselves or telling a good story, but that keeps me involved because the writing's good and the character building is good. The Walking Dead always kept me involved because I felt like the characters made sense and made real motivated choices. What I feel like The Walking Dead now lacks is that moment, the characterization. Everyone's a character and they're not a character. The stories were never really very good. And if I look back, I think, I think the show was tighter, but the show was never breaking any great story epic ground or shocking choices. It's more about the characters being put in these thrilling moments and making decisions, at least for me that I could relate to by putting myself in those moments in and, and putting myself in that universe. And then that ex that expanding of it. But I feel like we're not quite there. <laughs> exactly. So the first 20 minutes that, was good, then it dipped. Negan gets out of a cell, ignores the whispers. Walkers, Michonne finds a bat, starts humping it. End of season nine. I think you're on to something, Cory Mitchell. As usual, Corey Mitchell is on the pulse of the people. The system... This, uh, the system prisoners lets prisoners out. What's up, Paul Q? Glenn comes back as a ghost. Glenn, he's like Bill Murray in a Ghostbusters movie. Do I watch Z Nation? I've not checked out Z Nation yet. Joe and Katie watch it, and they are both fans of Z Nation. I've heard it's over the top amazingness, and probably something I will watch at some point in time. It's on my um, hopeful binge list. Or something. Mike says, "No, they care about the money. Care about the care." <laughs> I'm laughing for Mike as he's probably laughing at me right now. The, no, they care about the, they care about the money. Care about good characters, good writing. <laughs> silly, silly, fucking idealistic Phil. Oh, uh, this is why I watch you to suddenly make fun of your idealistic nature. You dumbass. No, and I know it's all about merchandising. Merchandising, where the real money from the show comes comes to play. and That's why they're going to be humping this thing until it dies. I'm just hoping that at least in these movies that come out eventually for The Walking Dead property, that's similar to what happened with The Simpsons where The Simpsons show turned into a pile of shit, We got that Simpsons movie, which was actually created by a crew of people that still knew how to make those characters a little funny, and I thought The Simpsons movie was actually pretty damn good. Some people might have different mileage with it, but it reminded me, there was an echo of what I loved about early Simpsons there, so... I'm hoping maybe with some of these Walking Dead movies we can capture lightning in a bottle and get people that are lively and excited to work on a project and do their checks and balances and pick stories and write maybe unique stories that are outside of the comic lines completely and we just have these one-off stories that are written by people that are inspired to write something, not just regurgitate it to print money as quickly as humanly fucking possible. You know, just, just asking. He'll come back because it's all a dream and the inside a snow globe or some shit. So we're going to have to wait to see February to see Michonne and company escape from the Whisper Fog. Okay. No, we, no, Kattegat, they already ruined it. Because if you watch the previews for the next situation, they already showed Michonne and the, the new crew back home. So everyone makes it out scot-free. It's probably just a warning. Guys, stay out of this part of the woods. This is Whisper's territory. Some shit like that. What is up, Adrian? Callie. Yes, characters are doing things that don't even make damn sense. Carl grew up in this damn apocalypse. He's seen cannibals, rapists, yet he's rushing to help a stranger. Guys, I had some post-traumatic stress disorder from the cemetery. Wow, I can't talk tonight. It's weird not talking. Can I go like this to pretend I have a microphone in my face? Because it's really weird not gripping onto something and sitting down. This is It's strange doing this show like this. Many times I talk to my phone and I've done these like walkie-talkie, <laughs> walkie-talkie phony, phony streams. But it's usually a stream of consciousness. It's weird doing an actual podcast this way or an actual talking about something relevant that isn't just Babelfest 93. Ghost Glant, where is Maggie? For some reason she left the show with little explanation. For some reason Phil has made me a vampire in this ghost vision. Vision. I think so. Carl would be more jaded than the adults. Hello. More head bashing until Negan breaks a bat. Hey, great to see Kane Swiss in the live chat. That's a name I do not recognize. Welcome to the live motherfucking chat in this silliness. This is our you. This is not our usual silliness. Our me and my many voices. Yes, me and my many stupid voices. This is our usual thing. But welcome anyway, Lindsay. I agree. Notice uh, Carol and Michonne are still in pretty good terms. Oh, it, it was that more about yeah. What the fuck is all that shit? Let me scroll back here, up in here, because I want to make sure I go back here. Yeah, and it also. More more non-explanations of what's happened, like the incidents that have happened. We talked about that earlier, but it's just more, are we ever going to find out exactly what happened with Michonne and the X marks the spot situation, or is that just going to be a red herring that hangs out there and we never actually get into that information? Or are they going to waste time next season when we're in a different storyline, or is this connected to the Whisper storyline somehow? All these things and more on next season. Let me scroll the fuck down. New Avengers the Whistles Intensify. Here we go. Thank you. But no, thank you so much Kane Swiss. We do appreciate it. Lindsay says to Santovia That scene between Michonne and Carol made no sense to me. The conflict between the communities comes off as forced. I don't have much hope the writers will be able to explain it properly. As usual, Lindsay is absolutely fucking right because that's part of the problem when you do exposition which exposition just talking to, say, information instead of actually seeing it and going through it. It seems like this six-year gap, and I, again, I don't want to retread information I said last week, but it seems like the six-year gap was pretty damn interesting, more, way more interesting than the shit we're going on right now. I sure wish they showed us the interesting stuff. David Chase once talked about The Sopranos, about how much time goes on between episodes. He said, you know, sometimes it's a lot of time, but that's the shit where, that's the gaps where nothing happens. We skip that. Tony just goes to work every day and things are normal. There's no there's no fires, so to speak. You guys as the audience see the fires. You see the entertaining shit. You see the stuff that's bad that happens. You know that's David Chase saying that. I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing essentially. With the Walking Dead this season, it seems like they they, they gapped us, <laughs> they gapped us the good stuff. And they went back and now they're showing us the yada yada description, the the boring after effects of the fun stuff that happened where we had some big conflict or something post the Rick death and with Michonne trying to institute her her laws of the land. So unless we're gonna do a flashback episode in the back half of the season or next season, which I really don't want, or they're saving it for the movie, which is probably what's happening, that they're gonna tell us about this these gaps. And hint to this gap, gap, gap of the gap, gap, gap. And, oh, sorry. And then give it to us in some sort of movie. It reminds me of. It's just stupid. I don't like that. I don't like when shows do that. Save it for the next thing. No, fuck off. Now, The Trigger Man asks, how do you convince someone to join The Whispers? You have to walk marathon super slow, and if someone throws an alarm clock at you, you have to turn around and walk four more miles. That, that's a difficult conversation. The, you, you have to go on, do you have to go all in all, right away, or is there, a, is there a warm-up process? I hope we get into that. I think, generally speaking, having not read this section of the books, the concept of The Whispers is an interesting concept to me. And that's where I think the episode was cool for me because seeing the walkers act weird and kind of having an understanding to a small extent from what I've been told in spoilers or just picked up along the way or just assumed from what people have said vaguely about the whispers, I kind of knew what was happening to a certain extent. I still don't know all the details of how this works. Were all of those walkers, or, I mean, were all of those humans, or were just a few of them humans dressed as walkers? Was the whole herd walkers? Are they, are they, or are they just a crew of humans dressed in walkers? Like, I don't know all that details, and I'm excited to learn that. I don't want someone to say, oh, no, Phil, this is what's going on, they've got a horn, they've got the horn of winter that's controlling the white walkers, I mean, it's controlling the walkers to do what they want. I don't want, I don't want to know that right now, Okay. But I'm actually generally interested to find out. And that's pretty cool. It's the the other stuff that I'm generally not interested in. And maybe part of the reason why I'm interested in it is because Opie's coming on the show, and people are like, Opie, what are you fucking talking about? Opie from Sons of Anarchy, or uh, what was this character's name in uh, Remember the Titans, but most people know him from Opie from Sons of Anarchy. So, if they had done season six, season eight, season one season, this new shit might have been cool. How the hell can this fucking show end in it not be shit? That's tough. That's tough. In general, even good shows have trouble trouble ending well. I'm hoping for one more good season of The Walking Dead. I've seen shows go to shit and then come back with decent seasons. I'm hoping, as hoping season nine would be it, Season nine has not. I feel like it is a great sight, better than season eight and seven, but that's not really saying too much. So maybe we'll get we'll see in the back half of the season where it's happening. Yes, Joe and I will be talking about the back half of the season as well. So we'll we'll be taking it step by step, ooh baby. We'll, we'll see how long The Walking Dead stays in our world. Step step one. Judith will have lots of fun. Step two, there's so much Negan can do. Step three, it's just Rosita and me. Step four, uh, <laughs> your mama's a whore. Step five, don't you know that... Ju- I was going to say Judas again. That JR's always right. Huh. That's awful. But I did need some music accompanying background. But I started to go there with my brain, so I kind of had to complete the thought, no matter how shitty it was. <laughs> no matter how shitty that parody was in my mind, it needed to be completed. Or I would have exploded and been singing it in my head. But maybe that could be a fun one, step by step for The uh, for the Walking Dead getting better and better every every week. But we need to start getting better before that song will make sense. Whew. If, let's scroll through. Oh, Phil, we all love Opie. We do love Opie. Everyone loves Opie. This episode kept me on the edge of my chair. Whispers were scary as fuck. Great episode, 1210. Some some movie idol fan. Phil, let me see if I got this straight. So the next season finale, they're going to break break their legs, drag themselves around so the guys cosplaying zombies can be missing. I think so. We are doing Room Phil, tonight. They have a rusty trumpet sound to control the whispers. That's what's going on. When Dwight said crossbows kick, so no one, oh, a crossbow has a kick. No one came out to debunk it, So, but a kid playing, shooting a python is baffling. Walker whistle. They've learned this when a dog reacts in season 14. Are you seriously singing New Kids on the Block right now? Sorry. if I started it. I realized I was saying step by step, and I just had to go all the way there. I have to, I have to piece that out a little bit more entertaining. I'm kind of done with Judith after one episode. Trigger Man, and Father Gabriel is the ladies' man. Lindsay says, same Toby." I just don't know if they can come up with a pos- possible explanation for how Michonne goes from sparing Negan to handing Maggie the keys to his cell to whatever conflict happened. Tom, holy shit, did Phil just mention the new kids on the block? <laughs> did that just happen? Did Phil just th- sing step-by-step with Walking Dead shit? I did. Uh... Jason arrives the same day. The Walking Dead will get worse because they have no end game. They've said as much. Left side, strong side. Can't wait for. Oh yeah, what was it? What was his name? Uh, Gary, Gary Bethier. Yep. Oh God, what a what a real life horror story, horrible fucking story that guy had to go through. I mean, he has the vic- he has the amazing victory of it, but like if you read the the. Remember the Titans after thing, like when they show you the rest of his life, he he went on to do like great stuff in the in the Olympics and stuff, but then he like got hit by a car in a crosswalk or some shit happened to him. Oh, it's fucked up. But anyways, yes, that was the first time I saw Opie. I remember when someone told me that was the same actor. I didn't believe them. I was like, wait, no fucking way. Vikings this Wednesday. I'm not sure if I'll be on Wednesday evening this way. I don't have History Channel right now on my television, but joe says he might know a way and then i might uh steal it and be on later or at least i'll steal it the next day it depends how soon i can steal it i might be on the next morning but i will be talking at least like this immediate reactions about my thoughts on vikings and then probably like this for the second episode two maybe a broken down setup in the news in the new studio and then Hopefully back to normal by episode three of Vikings. Maybe episode two. We're gonna try to get it for episode two. Let's go. At least I didn't do the back. Judith drives the tanks. Oops, spoiler. I bet these people saying Judith used the Python are the same people who still think Varys teleports. When did he get Rosita? I thought he had the trash lady. The trash Lady left, so he picked so him and Rosita in the gap years somehow formed a couple. But we get a feeling like it's newer. I think it's a newer sort of thing that just started. And I bet these... Oh, wait. Judas tries to take... <laughs> New Kids on the Block. Strike once as Casey Atheist. <laughs> Phil, did Enid have those curves when you saw her in the concert t-shirt? <laughs> Tom, you have a one-track mind. Oh, my God. They're making Opie, Opie Beta. Am I the only one who misses the research behind the zombie outbreaks with the CDC episode? I wish they went further into that cat direction as well. And I think if you're talking about how The Walking Dead ends... I think some way of bringing it back to how the outbreak started, not even ever stopping it, I'm not saying find a cure or something, but at least somehow running into some group of scientists maybe that have some ideas on how it started and getting a little bit more foundation information about that, but I don't know if that would, it couldn't deball it any worse, but I think maybe somewhere within that is where it could be a a general okay place to try to end it. Let's see. Oh my goodness! So let me ke- get back into this recap, otherwise I'll never finish it. So we get Jesus and Ar- Aaron Daryl, blah blah blah, and his bro- blah, brother, brother Daryl, back in Alex Town. Gabriel's talking to Negan, giving him therapy. He's becoming a good guy. You can just hear it. But now nah, screw it. He's not ready to be a good guy yet. And how long you been shagging Rosita? Basically, he asks him. Hot damn! You're you're you're, you're a ladies man. Then Gabriel's like, "You glit cocksucker, stop talking to me." He wants to try to help, but Negan needs help, but he doesn't want to let himself be helped. You know the whole story. He wants help, but he needs help, but he doesn't want help. Phil, did they announce that the Jesus actor is going to be in the talking dead? They said they're going to be a special guest. I almost assume that it's him. <laughs> I definitely assume that he's going to be the one. Why did Jesus need to show off his jump kick skills on the zombies? Because he knew his. He knew he was about to leave the show. And he needed to do his final swan song. And we got Atari Dad in the live motherfucking chat. Thomas. Great to see everyone. Mike, Tom, all you guys are amazing. I do appreciate that. It was him on The Talking Dead. Okay. So Jesus is on The Talking Dead. Jesus is all around us. So, Negan talks about how he hears shit. And he heard Rosita talking about him. And... Oh, we're talking about something. Who says it's about you? Ha, ha, I can still manipulate people. I'm Negan.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I can't remember what kind it was exactly. I'm drawing a blank right now. But it wasn't the python. Just look up the scene where she's introduced. No, she's using, I think she's using a 22 shotgun or something. But don't quote me on that. New Carl is in jail for public drunkenness. <laughs> he really is. Oh, God, we're blurry. There we go. We're back. So, yeah, Negan talks about some shit. None, na na boo boo I love you. Then he throws his ball around and he laughs. Gabriel's like, fuck him. He goes outside and he gets the message from the riders of Rohan. I hate how they're calling people riders and shit. The riders have come from Hilltop. And where they get all these horses? Well, there's tons of horses now. And anyways, Rosita is hurt. So, Michonne and Magna's group head to Hilltop and. Yeah. Yada, 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 yada. We see Tara, we meet the new group. Tara says, you guys want to stay, you're going to have to wait for Jesus and you're going to have to make yourself useful. And that line comes back, earn your keep. You regulators are going to have to earn your keep. Michonne seems happy to be back there in some way or just walking around with a kind of smirk on her face. Sadiq and her have got some sort of vibe going on. Then we come back in with the new folks for, like, two seconds. And, w- and then they... It's like a weird shot where we're talking to the new folks for a second just so we can establish them so they can come back in the scene later. Then we come over to Michonne and Sadiq as they see Carol and they have kind of some weird vibes. That they all say... To, they all say hi to each other. <laughs> and they all head... They go to sleep. Same same I want to. then Carol and Michonne talk a little bit about their kids. About Henry the du- is a dumbass and RJ and Judith in the kingdom, and how how we get a little bit more backstory or a little bit more details about how the the kingdom is fucked, and they need to have this fair to try to bring all the communities together again to save their asses, and Carol tries to approach Michonne to say, please, 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 come to the gang, come to the fair, come to the, join the gang, let's get the crew back together again, and, and Michonne's like, this is where Michonne gets real vague. And she says more information about the gap, the exposition about how, no, it's a different group. You'll always be family, but we're in a different group and we don't want to get back together because we can't really get back together anymore. It was real vague and real like hinty, like here's the information, but we're not going to give it to you. Like you want to fudge a little (laughs) Ha, psych. Don't give us that fucking information. Come on. Sorry. Oh, I'm fucking 20, 22 shotgun. No, or like a twenty-two. I'm an idiot. Shut, shut me up. I was thinking wrong. Maybe it was a python or some kind of revolver. It would be funny if the White Walkers passed through the north. You can tell I've never how much I know about about that subject. <laughs> you can tell how much I know, Caticot. <laughs> there was what like my uh my granddad. Used to have like this old one that was like it wasn't really a shotgun it was a rifle like a twenty two rifle I'm calling it a shotgun I'm an idiot about a lot of stuff especially that okay so then we get more information on in the six year time Gumpson- Gump <laughs> the six year time Forrest Forrest Gump do you think they'll reveal the gap plot history in the back half I'm hoping Blue Steel But I'm afraid that they're going to try to save it for a movie. But I really do hope they reveal more of the Gap stuff. I don't want to just hear about Gaps in words. I need to see Gaps. Experience them. Live in them. See them. There's good stuff inside. But they could theoretically do a flashback episode. But I don't don't think... It's hard for me to imagine they would do that anytime soon. So... I'm starting to think that we'll either just keep getting more information and eventually get a monologue where someone explains exactly what happened. But more likely, they'll save some of it for a, a movie or eventually if those things are a success. But I think they will try to explain it, though. So to answer that question, yes. <laughs> I think we'll get some sort of explanation. But no, we won't see it. Centovia says, Michonne, will you come back to our party? It's going to be really cool. Come on, join. Get deep in that gap. They need to explain those X's. They will explain the X's. Will the X's X's be connected to the Whispers, or will the Whispers be a short storyline like some of the other ones were where they were just half storylines with determinist people? And the whispers will just be a half a year storyline and whatever the X's are, are something that leads into our next storyline. I do think we're going to get the X's, but... Hey, in David. Get the Walkin' David in the live. Motherfucking chat. An older 20-year-old Judith will explain the beef. What's the beef between the communities? It will be like a scene in a Ninja Turtle movie where Splinter for the 19th, umpteenth time explains the Ninja Turtle's origin. Arvin says this week's episode was amazing. I thought the end part of the episode was very entertaining. I like the introduction of the whispers. Generally so far, I've liked how they've been done. I still think the first half of the episode was a little slow uh, and a little bit too exposition-y. But I do think it did generally end pretty well, if I'm being honest. And I don't have Joe here to argue with me. Negan will probably explain the issues between the communities in a very detailed monologue as he hostily takes over the show at the beginning of next season. I'm more of a Lee Dungress, uh, kosh guy. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Not much of a gap person. (laughs) I love you. You pervs! I'm sorry. (laughs) We're sorry, Tom. I enjoyed the last five minutes and everything that didn't involve Henry. David gives the most succinct review so far of the episode, and he's absolutely true. When surprised, if the reason why 12 civilizations is partially restored and people have jobs, will they just sidestep and avoid walkers like it's normal everyday life? I enjoy, I would go as far to say I enjoyed the last 10 minutes and everything that didn't involve Henry. The key to that is, did not involve Henry. Stop trying to make Henry a thing. Battle Royale, who wins Terminus People versus Governor versus Whispers versus Saviors versus Shane? Shane, that's a trick, trick question. Trick question. If you, take Shane out of that conversation. Not that Henry Henry Kidd is bad, but he shouldn't have been the main focus in the midseason finale. Who won the midseason finale to give a teenage ink? I think it's more, it's, I agree with what you said there. They shouldn't have given him as much shit to do. I think the actor is all right in the bit part that, that character should be when they give him an actual monologue to say or the drunk monologue like having to vomit there and talk, playing all those shades of green aren't easy for a well-seasoned actor to play, let alone a kid in that moment being hostily taken over as, as new Carl. So without the foundation of years of getting to know that kid or at least three or four episodes of really getting to know him. Henry has a low t- alcohol t- tolerance. He's the guy, I used to always think, uh, Joe used to take me out drinking a lot. And he'd be like, oh, you're such a lightweight. I buy you one beer all night. Blah, 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 blah. like, Why are you complaining, dude? <laughs> you know, you only have to buy you one beer. I want to buy you more. Well, dude, I'm a lightweight. I mean, I'm not really light, but. Oh my God, not only is Ollie Jr. annoying, but he found three stupidly annoying kids to hang out with. Two. I, I think I kind of like the girl. Cause she was she generally seemed like a normal person on the show, but the other two were just dumbass. Maybe that's why they, I hate hate them so much. They seemed somewhat almost normal. <laughs> I can fix this show. Time jump fifteen years, and only survivors are sexy teens. <laughs> it turns into uh, what's that show with the vampires and the the werewolves? What am I playing? See, I, I now I'm I'm not pretending not to remember Twilight. <laughs> Twilight. If Joe can take Tim out drinking. They should have ended it when they got to and killed dumpster, the, killed Glenn at the dumpster and everyone was so sad that they stars, stars. I love you, Jason Voorhees. Oh, Joe sounds swell. He really is. He's an awesome guy. He's the best. Phil, who did not talk about like. I, honestly, I love you guys so much in the live chat. Thank you to everyone for checking this out. Sorry, this is not our normal show and I'm a little on tilt here. Being not my normal surroundings, but I really do appreciate it. Phil, I like the chick because of the curly hair. Yeah, uh, see, everyone likes everyone likes being represented. That's why I miss my luscious long hair and be fair to Jesus. Oh my goodness. How many people would stop watching and how much badass points would this show uh, recover if Judith got killed by the whispers? I think that would be really strong. I think there was, and that's where the show loses me. There's a couple of opportunities where they really had to make some bold choices and they chose really weak decisions. Time skip 10 years and Frank Darabont shows up in the helicopter and takes the main group away to a better show. But I do like how the whispers were used in this episode. I like everything to deal with the, the walkers. I know the fog is in is a silly set piece, but I thought visually they filmed it pretty well and I thought there were some cool shots in this episode. But there were also some weird ones where you start off on our new manga group manga group. Magna group and I'm just gonna call her manga. Magna group and then they like have them talking for a second and then they cross shot where they like switch over to, to and back where they go over to Michonne and Sadiq talking. Yeah, the whispers are the best part of this episode. They were menacing. That scene at the end did exactly what it needed to do. Jesus' death was a little bit on a silver platter and a little applauded, but it could have been as... It was almost like a red shirt kind of death, as much, as easy as it happened, but I, I did think it was a good sort of shock moment. The walking motherfucking David J in the live chat. It would be a huge shock, but she's got plot John Snow level plot armory manga and her 22 shotgun gadget. Phil, would you have liked it if Rick got that death? No. No. Not exactly. Maybe something like that death if they were going to kill Rick Grimes. But I do think they should have waited to have Rick's death and the Whisper is all wrapped up in some something together that I can't quite put my finger on. So I don't think this should have been the way Rick goes out. But it, I generally like the way they chose to have Rick go out, but it would have been cool if maybe that was Whispers that he did that to and that was an association with right after seeing Jesus get killed or something. I don't know. I'm I'm just spitballing here. Phil, can you break down the sneak peek of the after show? No. <laughs> I I don't know if I have it written down. If I see it here at the end of the episode, I will. <laughs> I'm not in a position to do to, to do favors tonight. Tara should fall in a hole next episode. The walk just pile on her since the walk of David. Who still says Tara is the worst? <laughs> I love you guys so much. Oh, my God. One wears a dog's face, spoilers. Phil, would you... I, I mean, maybe... It depends how it was done. I could see a situation where Rick's death was something similar and might have been able to be effectively done. <laughs> Obi would beat the shit out of Negan so their fight is bullshit already. Tara does suck. Holy shit, that's wrong. completely forgot about Ron. Ron is the loser kid who shot Colin, Carl in the eye in the show. That is... Oh, that was Ron? No wonder why he's a dick cheese. Okay, so we get more... We get Henry, has got some nails and screws from Mr. Hutton. Mr. Hutton's gonna take good care of Henry. Carol Carol will kill him. Henry will be back for the fair to save the kingdom. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like seeing Carol and Henry together. I wish they had more time together to actually build and have a relationship. Tyra's Temptation Oceanside. (laughs) Tyra's Temptation Oceanside. (laughs) Then we see a herd as it's one. Oh, yes, it's one. They start counting out the whole herd all of a sudden. They're like, that herd is clocked at 140. Oh, now they're double. And we get a little bit of uh, more talk between this, this group. And I generally liked everything we got with the Jesus, Daryl, and Aaron group. As Daryl seemed to have robbed a toy store or something. So he has this, like, clown alarm clock and he has these firecrackers and shit so he rolls the alarm clock to try to distract the walkers. So then we get Henry who's picking up fast and then Enid comes in and starts batting her eyelashes at him a little bit. Hey Anakin you sure do look nice. But then we see that Enid is really hooking up with the dudes with Sutton's kid and then we get to Negan who is talking about How uh, Gabriel is picking up his shit. (laughs) And Gabriel is all pissed off because he found out that Rosita's hurt. And he has to stay here with Negan. Someone always has to stay here with Negan. Even though we seem to have other guards around. But someone always has to stay with Negan from our main group, I, I guess. And. And so. So where was I? Yeah, So Gabriel, Negan feels bad. And we see Negan feeling bad. So is Negan going to go save the day here or whatever? So Henry feels stupid and he meets some kids in the wall that that start talking some shit to him and they remember him as the stick dude. They're worried about him and Henry's getting used to it. And, they, and then they all start hanging out and they start being like, have you ever been to Oceanside? Dude, I wish I was at like a place with all oh, girls, dude. I want to be a fisherman there, man. And... The girl's there, too, and she's smiling, and it's back and forth. Yes, the physical conditioning is not top-notch. Eugene is still pudgy, and Aaron and Jesus can jump over a horse and wrestle, but can't lift one gate, weak bitches. And I love how Carol seemed to be implying in the last episode that Daryl hasn't been eating. And I love Norma Reedus, but Norma Reedus definitely looks like he's been well-fed lately. Yeah. So Michonne and Sadiq watch Rosita say to Michonne, oh yes. Michonne says, I knew I knew coming here people would be angry, but I will I will mend fences, but only my way. Next episode, Tara slips on a leaf and a million baby million dollar baby style, snaps her neck in a rock. I'm so hyped a Game of Thrones. Phil, the guy with Enid wasn't Earl Sutton's kid. Oh, it was the former savior. Okay, so it was the pretty boy savior, the one that was singing. The Sutton's was Ken. How can I forget about Ken? See, I thought that at the end when he said I was in that very cell right there. I kind of all put together. I think my notes are betraying me right here. But you're right. So the kid that Enid's hooking up with was the savior, right? Was the pretty boy savior. And... Sutton is the dude who's, who's, who is in jail, who's, who's, rest in peace, Ken. Ken's kid. <laughs> so, so worth having Phil read that, just to hear it out loud. Oh, Ken, can we take a moment of silence for Ken, or so I can take a drink? Hmm. Argentina, Buenos Aires, holy shit, we've got someone from Argentina, one of, I've never been there, but what I imagine, at least in pictures, one of the most beautiful places on fucking earth, live from Buenos Aires, we have Mariano, welcome buddy, welcome from the fucking amazing, amazing place that I hope to visit one day. Daryl made the time fly this episode, Tim says I'm from Argentina, Argentina, uh, no Maggie, now mean it, I liked, I liked when that happened on It's Always Set <laughs> Up, I love it, now the best way for Tyra to go is she gets in the middle of a whisper herd, she tries to make a joke, and hears them whispering, that wasn't funny, and then she dies from shame,
1: <laughs>
0: Marietta, okay, good, I I did not destroy your name, perfect, Yes. I won the day because I did not fucking kill your name. Good pronunciation. Yes! I fucking did it! I'm actually really excited, dude. Because I kill names. Like, I murder names. I'm trying to say Paul's name. I'm like, Pla? Pla? Pla Q? I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna call you PQ. Is that okay? Blue Steel. I love you, Blue Steel. Oh my goodness. I love you guys. And thank you so much for checking out it. No worries, buddy. Perfect context. I speak so-so English, and I'm from fucking America, so you're doing great. We got Tom himself, who is helping me out phonetically. Thank you, buddy. And let's go. So Michonne says, yeah, I know people coming here would be angry. We get more vagaries about the six-year time. How many times can I say gap? Focus! How many times can I say gap in one podcast? So we go off to Daryl and the group. As they're at a barn and the dog heads in, takes a crap, finds a haystack, finds someone hiding under it, and it's Eugene. Eugene is like, "Oh, oh, we're gonna come back and i on your side and wait for me." Boom hammer. He goes into his whole boom hammer thing, and he says, uh, "We heard them whispering. To them. We heard the walkers whispering to each other. Rosita hid me here, and yada yada yada." Well, make sure if you can call on in or leave a Skype. Either Skype me at I Get Issues Man or call on in at 781-990-8509 for next time and leave us a song that I will play on the show. Ronnie Rollins in the live chat chat. Next week's Johnny Rico says, next week the dog kills everyone because he wants payback for his pals getting eaten by Rick's group. <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Says Tyra takes the whispers to Ocean Size, covers the ladies in Skittles, and gets the whispers to taste the rainbow before she indulges. Uh, Or people from, uh, people outside the country can leave voicemails on Skype, but we do have a Skype number if people want to leave voicemails or messages that way. I don't have, especially not tonight, but sometimes we do have Skype hooked up. Oh, awesome! Tom is Tom is speaking the language. Holy shit! This is like this is like when I'm around people that are, I know they're talking shit about me right now. I know Tom's talking shit about me. Don't believe a word Tom says. But Tom's a great guy. <laughs> Love you guys. But yes, my Skype name, if you want to add me, there is at I got issues man. <laughs> oh my goodness! Love you guys. When we so we get the head we head to Henry and the kids and Aiden, She's drunk. She's feeling Henry. They. She's looking in his face like they want to make out, and they're dancing to the song uh, "Son of a Preacher Man." Like it's Pulp Fiction here, and uh, it's strong. And then Henry. It transitions into this whole thing where, what do you guys do when you're bored? And it's like, what do you do when you're bored? And it's like it's like, okay, what do you guys do? And I thought it was gonna be some weird sick game, but it's instead they have a they dug a hole and caught a walker and they piss on the walker and they they play they play ring toss on the walker and shit. Yeah. Whoa, you guys are so OOC, you're out of control. <laughs> Please don't spoil the end of Lost. There's a lot of lost lostness in this episode with the whispers. And it's, it's a very happy ending, Tom. I'll say that. Did it... <laughs> Holy shit. We also have Antonio live from Ecuador watching us live right now. Holy shit. Welcome. Welcome. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in tonight to this live reaction video or silly podcast. If you're listening to the audio cast of this for this episode. It's different than our normal broadcast, but still, hopefully you guys are having some fun, but holy shit, we got someone from Ecuador, we have someone from Argentina, we have fucking Tom himself from Brazil, we have lots of awesome friends in the live motherfucking chat from all over the world. Tell everyone, live in the motherfucking chat, throw it in there right now. You can lie, too. You can, you can say you're from Antarctica, so no one will fucking know the difference. But go ahead, lie. Everyone lie about where they're from. No, tell everyone where you're from. just lie I'm live from Scotland here oh my goodness holy shit I know I'm getting some international views tonight I'm loving it holy shit okay so then uh, we get dick dude and idiot dude that they all made they made a little walker trap and they're pissing it and playing ring toss on it with Sawyer, who's doing the long con. Dick dude. And then Henry just can't take any more of this. He's like, fuck you. I'm done. Dude. Holy shit, Tom. You, Tom, you're lending on why I've been... Uh... <laughs> I'm a little twitchy right now. I'm like, how can I take sandwich breaks without my... Uh... We got Ronnie Rollins from North fucking Korea. Live from North Korea, Mike, Mike, we got two people from North Korea. (laughs) When you moving in your new place tomorrow? Uh, We're moving officially on Friday, but we're starting to move stuff in tomorrow. Technically, tomorrow is when when we can start moving shit in the garage. So, uh, but everything in the house is already in boxes. We're all packed up, minus a few fucking things. But our first official night sleeping there is friday night i believe internet getting there on saturday i think maybe so rogers on his high horse triggered van voce running my neighbor holy shit i love the mod motherfucking chat you guys all crack me up i love you guys has now the walking david has a comment here he says have i mentioned how much i hate walking david Greenbow Alabama. Sorry, I said that like in Forrest, Forrest Gump when uh he tells he tells Jenny, come home. Fill the P1 guy. Jersey is nice this time of year, Jason. <laughs> Kill motherfucker. Okay, so Henry jumps in the hole and stabs this guy after he takes a shot of Moonshine. Gets all fucked up. So then our strike team is heading back and they talk like, and then we get a lot of talk. This is, again, more of being told rather than seeing, but I thought it was relatively effective because it's hard to show this unless you did some cool aerial shots from, like, drone shots or something where you could see the, the herds zerging around. I kind of wish they would do more of that from the Walking Dead standpoint and really kind of get these big fields of, of hundreds and thousands of people Running and get these aerial drone shots to show the herds moving instead of being told by other characters, the herds are having unusual activity. It's bizarre hearing Tara say, You have to earn your keep, which is the governor's notorious for saying. It always makes me think of of, uh, the song Regulators and Young Guns. Jesus, for some reason, okay, so Nair Strike Team is talking about. How no walker should act this way. Eugene's freaking out, saying they're evolving, they're evolving. I kind of talked about the scene before, where I kind of liked this, where they mention, well, if we're living in a world with zombies, anything's possible. So then Jesus, for some reason, says we need to split up. Daryl says if anyone's splitting up, it's me. I'm staying alone, and him and Doggy stay alone. So Negan's playing cat. She loses his ball out the door, and he notices that did somebody regulators mount up? They know He notices that someone left the door open. Ooh. And Negan's out. It's kind of a fun scene, where, funny moment where he grabs the ball. He's like. And then he walks out there. He says it to his people multiple times and to Tyrese in his death scene. The walkers, who the hell are these people? Dead? So, the Negan plays catch and Negan escapes. Where is Negan going? find Lucille, of course. If he was a prisoner, how did Negan have so much stuff? It's because he's worked again. He got a window. He's he's probably uh, over time really pushed for more stuff because he's good behavior. What do I think of Negan's escape? I think it's I think it's a little obvious, or it's a, it's a, I wish it was explained a little bit better how he was let out, and I hope it does. ...get explained that someone purposely left the door open. Um, It would have been nice to have some... ...maybe someone to see him right afterwards... ...to show that it was someone that actually did something... ...not just an uh, oversight. Otherwise, it just... ...it screams to me like... ...the... ...when Freddy Krueger's resurrected... ...in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Spoiler alert... Or, yes, in part three, they kill him the way that's supposed to finally kill him for the final time. And they they pour holy water on him, they burn his bones, whatever the fuck they did to him. And In the next movie, how he comes back is a dog pisses on it, and he comes back to life, because they didn't know any other way to do it, so they're just like, oh, let's just have a dog piss on Freddy's bones and have him come back. It's almost like this, like, we can't figure out any way to have Negan rationally get out of that, so we'll just have Gabriel have been not been absent-minded and left the door open. So Negan just left the door open, but that wasn't even explained. Blind guy guarding prison cell. Good call, says Tom himself. It's (laughs) self-explanatory. Well, we all know Gabe can't secure a gate, (laughs) said Tobia Final chapters. Negan is going to bust open the sanctuary doors, whistling, and then pause and go, where the hell is everybody? I think he's on a hunt for, for, uh, for for Lucille. He's going to go looking for Lucille first. So he pushed it open. So it was left open by the showrunners or somebody. Because Negan needs to be over there. I can't be the only one who notices you have a fat lady in charge of rations. Can I? Says the fucking dude About Negan. Negan is the man. Says you Chronic. Paul says Negan hops the wall on a pogo stick he got for Christmas in July. <laughs> Will Negan find Lucille? I think so. I think Negan does find Lucille. Absolutely, and I think that's going to be a very passionate moment where we'll get our Negan flashback storyline kind of stuff. My question is, how long is Negan going to be on his own? Are we not going to see him for a while, and he shows up in an opportune time? Are we going to follow him, follow him, and have sort of our story cut in? We're going to have Negan on his own, doing his own spiritual journey kind of thing. I don't know. I'm I mean, I'm interested to see where they do what they do with Negan in this next half of the season. I do miss Olivia; she was awesome. Olivia is one, an interesting character, too interesting, we gotta get rid of her. Oh my god, Walking David, <laughs> Tara is the equivalent of Sally Strokes. <laughs> I love how Blue Steel and Walking David and the live chat are soulmates and their Tara hate. It's like we've never talked before, but oh my god. <laughs> we both fucking love, we both hate Tara. Tim, I'm sorry, sorry you miss Ken. We all miss Ken, Tim. We're all here. We're all we're all here with you, Tim. We'll get through this together, one day at a time. <laughs> I love the group, Tara. I hate I hate Tara and Enid since W major. I love how Enid's just in a scene tonight in the background of the scene. Oh no, she was in a scene. We see her making out. We see her in an actual scene. I feel bad by blazing up when you can. Oh, I could. What I could. I mean, I could do this. I could. Uh, I could magically. I could. I could just spin the spin the. So you could stare at my stare at my wall, and then do this. So this this works. Betty left the room. He can't deal with all this talking. He's like, "Fuck you, asshole." Oh no, we're at the, we're at the Talking Dead thing. We're at the end. I, I thought we were uh, I thought we were at the point of this preview thing. I just think they're at a tro- I think they're just atrociously written characters. <laughs> okay, so he pushed it in, it's left open. Then we see Tara says, Henry threw up on her boots, and she loves these boots, and she takes him to jail, but he won't rat on the kids, and the guy comes in there, and he's like, he's like, you don't care about being my apprentice, you can get the fuck out of here, and Henry's like, no, dude, I really care. I'm just trying to get my mind off my problems, dude. You know, Enid has another boyfriend, and I was totally moved here just to bang Enid. Okay. (laughs) And then he gives this really bad monologue about how big being a big deal of being an apprentice is. And this was just an example, as Block and David were saying earlier, and we were talking about an example of giving him a little bit too much material here. Lindsay says, let's kill off all the relevant comic characters like Carl and Jesus and make room for completely irrelevant original characters like Tara and Enid. Great job, AMC. Super! They say that with the proper amount of sarcasm and ridiculosity. You're just 22, and I'm, supposed to, is, and I'm supposed to be 15. Is she with someone her age? How could she? I'm the new Carl. She should be with me. Are should you be with me, mommy. Hmm. Yummy. Okay, we're almost done here. So we go back to our herd and Daryl and the dog. And Daryl's got all these gadgets. He must have robbed the toy stores. He's got uh firecrackers and he's distracting them, and he they decide not to come after the sound. He keep they keep going on course, and Tarot basically mulls to the camera. Patricia says, My thoughts exactly, Lindsay. What if Negan meets Beta and Beta had Lucille? That would be interesting. I'm I'm curious. Beta's, Beta is, is probably the character I'm most... Like, I don't know the character of Beta from the comics. I don't know anything. But I'll stop calling him Opie. Beta is the character I'm probably most looking forward to next season just because of the actor that's playing him. Home Alone tricks. Failed Daryl on this one. <laughs> Apparently Joe Pe- Joe Pesci's running this herd. The, the soggy bandits are running the herd. Mike. Dr. Enos, Enos the penis is 22, how old is this savior singing guy? He's probably 30 plus, he looks. Christopher, I must have missed something. I don't know why Hilltop and Alexandria are cold towards each other. Christopher, you did not miss anything. There was some unexplained phenomenon in the six year time gap that happened between Maggie and Michonne that sent Maggie having to leave Hilltop And setting Alexandria on its own. Something happened. Maybe some group from Hilltop, a splinter group, came and tried to attack Michonne for some action of taking the food. I don't know exactly what happened, but some shit happened. And we don't know what happened. And they just are vaguely hinting towards it. $20 $20 to Tyra will get a big send-off like Carl. Well, Phil, I will never stop calling him Opie. Neither will I, to be honest with you. Tell himself, I got my own boobs, so hers don't impress me. I love you, Sintovia. Okay. You have an amazing sense of humor, Sento. Tyra and Eden are like syphilis. They're painful. It won't go away. They'll eventually make you blind. The ex... The ex... I'm not sure. Maybe... Could it be kidneys? Could it be harvesting harvesting organs? Maybe they needed some sort of transplant, and they harvested off from a shroud I don't know. The X is interesting, or maybe she was just branded by some sort of splinter group connected to Hilltop. Again, I'm just I'm just spitballing. I doubt. I personally, I was saying I hope it does, but I don't think it has anything to do with the Whispers, If I'm guessing, man. East side, West side beef, as old as time. So that's why Gabriel went blind. He banged Enid too. Love you too. They are the Jets and the sharks. Boy, boy, crazy boys. Get to get cool Enid. Enis penis. Enis the penis. I think I might have the tune for Enis the penis now. It's gonna be uh, to cool by on West Side story. Enis, a penis. Enis, the penis. Is Henry a better actor than Carl? No. I think Channel's better. Maybe. I think uh, the girl that they had, the look at the flowers, girl was the best kid actor that they've had in the show so far. Those two girls. I forget their names. Yeah. I think they were the two best kid actors that The Walking Dead's had. I don't think The Walking Dead does necessarily great with kid acting. But I don't think Henry's better than Carl. I think Carl had a few good moments on the show and Henry hasn't had one yet for me. No. So everyone's better than Carl. Do I watch at movie? I do, I do not. Should I check them out? Lizzie, Lizzie, thank you. Lizzie and Mika, Mika. Micah did not look at the flowers though. No, she did not. She had a different. She, she didn't have a chance to look at the flowers. But I remember those two actors being good. For kid actors. Enos the penis. De-de-de-de-de. Now I just have the, the cool song. Boy, Enos the penis. Okay, so we go to a foggy Nelson, really foggy Nelson scene. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, movie out of those Walking Dead content is really good. Awesome. Well, I will watch and maybe, hopefully, I could do a crossover with movie out at some point. I'm always looking for more people to talk about the Walking Dead with, and I've sent it out to. Uh, I've, I've had more luck, obviously, cro- doing crossovers and collaborations with Game of Thrones people, but I'm always always down to to check out and hopefully do podcasts with Walking Dead folks as well. But anyways, so, and I have reached out to a few that got back to me and then suddenly stopped getting back to me when they realized I don't talk only good about the show. <laughs> so, i uh, not mentioning anyone by name, but I, but I have reached out to somebody and you got back to me and said you wanted to do something, and uh, then suddenly you disappeared and you're shilling for the show right now, so... I don't know. I don't know what happened. Is Joe likes to say, AMC's watching, so maybe AMC got to this person, but... <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, anyways, it was a, it was a bummer, because I was excited. Okay, so we go after the foggy scene. Very foggy. Foggy, Nelson. Da-dun-dunch. And they're in a creepy set as they've seen some walkers coming in the mist. And Eugene is freaking out, and, and the gate's stuck, and they toss him over. But the walkers are here in an Aaron. Jesus is time for fighting. No more running. It's an action time. Jesus curb stomps one as Eugene hears the walkers and it's fight, 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 fight. It's just like lost here. Then, once you, then Michonne shows up at the gate and Magna's there too with her little group earning their keep as they get the gate open. But Jesus decides to stay there for a slow motion fight. And slow motion kills some people. It's an action kills. It's really good as we all know that Jesus is about to die right here. As kill, 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 easy, kill, 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 easy, kill, kill, kill. One ducks, stabs him right in the heart and whispers something to him, like, t- treats him like Dante from Clerks and says, you're not supposed to be here today. So, something that, I, I'd have to rewind it to see exactly what he says, but, or hear exactly what he said, but it was something like that. is breaking my ankles and fingers, old Mafia style for bad reviews. <laughs> Gee, wonder who Phil is referring to, says Catechit. I love how Phil's lack of Walking Dead community knowledge can't sense, uh, Chain Boy's sarcasm with the movie I do come, I, oh, what is this Per is that another shell? Is he someone that's an actual shell? I totally didn't get the sarcasm there, I'm like, oh, I'll actually work with someone, I'm looking for other, i like, I love to work with other Walking, Walking Dead people, but they all show for the show. Walking Dave is the only Walking Dead, other Walking Dead creator that I've bumped into that's like honest about his beliefs about, about the show. Or not lying to himself. And I don't usually talk shit about other people, and I'm not talking shit about anyone specific. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people that are claiming the show is back. And I don't know. Maybe that's how you have a billion people watching you and just say, Oh, it's fucking awesome! But I can't bullshit. I can say it fucking sucks! (laughs) sucks! Anyways. Enough of that. But I do have a complete lack of community knowledge. Mm, shilling for the show sounds kind of familiar. People, people, people can people can infer my uh, who I'm talking about. But how's your cat doing with the move? Doing doing well right now. He's uh, sitting right there. What, what's going on? Are you you getting ready to move, cat? You excited? You excited to be moving to another place? It's like your eleventh place you've lived. Oh no! He's gonna scratch me in my face. Are you going to snap my face? No, you're going to kiss me. Kiss me. Oh. In commonest Russia, pussy lick me. Good kitty. So, still a little bit more of this fucking shit. No, I'm blocking the cat. No one wants to see me. But he's doing, he's doing pretty well. Oh. <laughs> he is doing pretty well, as I'm going to take another break. And this is Betty the cat. It's Betty. Say hi to, say hi to the folks. But Betty's going to finish this episode of recap for me. Oh, Betty. I have yes, we have a cat and a dog and they get along very very well. Phil never played my voice messages cuz he has to do his listen to it before to see if it's family friendly, but he's looking up with Pussy on camera. <laughs> That's right, Tom. I am I'm I'm such a family friendly kind of guy. Oh no, zoom back out. Zoom back out, you fuck. Oh no, I've lost the phone. Oh no, everyone shut the camera, shut it, shut it down now. Shut it down now. I, everyone close your eyes for like 30 seconds. Okay. Okay, we're back. We're back. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. I'm surprised it's the only time that's happened tonight. That cat has more spunk than Tara. <laughs> Maggie is a grocery clerk in Adam Sandler's next straight-to-DVD film, Tara in the biography, Why I Look at Potato. Don't go to the PT shadow. Uh, he shadows bands. He's a cox's cat again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and David says, I hate turning into Matt because... He has been coming in his pants for this arc for the longest time and he has ruined my initial interest in it. And he is such a non-stop stroke fest over there, says the Locking David. So, I'm just reading comments. I'm not... I'm not talking about anyone specific. (laughs) Anyways. So, Phil, you have any good recommendation for hair conditioners because mine suck. Either that or my hair is just being horrible. Ah... I would say hair conditioning is, I'm actually going to answer your question. I do use Pantene, usually, or uh, Tresemme, Decime, ooh la la, barbecue sauce. But I find the best method is, is depends on how long you'll leave it in and like combing it out, get one of those wet brushes so you can comb it out right in the shower afterwards. Right, like, or while you're conditioning it and shit too so you make sure you get to it all and then comb it all out and then let it air dry as much as possible to add those curls to it <laughs> hair trip, hair tips with the tripper, Phil Pant- Pantina t- trust me, yep, test me ooh la la, barbecue sauce The Walking Dead is depressing at what his show become, he used to be more critical of the show, No doubt, AMC is giving him special incentives so fill your, oh, so that's my good practice. Walking David 9 trailer. The Osper Whispers is standing on the front of the hilltop. That is awesome. Hair conditioner seems to be a recurring topic on this channel. Phil hair tips. Use Aragon and Morocco oil. It'll keep your hair silky smooth all day. Thank you, David. I do use the Pantene Pro V when I can get it. Sounds like a good viral channel. Hair in 420. I know. Maybe I may have to make that to supplement this shit. Do I do a ha- hair tips with a hippie? Hair with hippies? Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> I'm having a bad hair day, sorry. It's rainy and gross and and I'm disgusting. I didn't shower today. I'm dirty and ugh. I smell like a real hippie today. It's just been moving boxes and shit and eating dirty pip, eating dirty pizza. Okay, so the voice says, Do you the voice grabs Jesus and stabs him? Opie grabs Jesus. It was that, I think that was Opie. The way his body was moving, I believe it was. So then we see shots for the next episode right away as they're in the greens of Alexandria as we're set it up for next season as we get a lot of little hype, hype messages. And Tom asked if I could do a reaction to the trailer. I don't have the trailer in front of me right now and I didn't take notes to it, so I can't right now. But I will say... It just looked like more the same to me, but hopefully we'll get more as time goes on. I don't really like having a trailer that soon for the next half of the season, when the season's not coming until February. Is it really necessary to see that? No, no, it wasn't really necessary. They could have just left us at left us at that end point. But we, we get left with our little group all being surrounded by the whispers as they start whispering. we found them. we got them trapped. Yada, yada. Yippity, yuda. Yippee, yippi. yippee, hey, hey. And that is our episode in our half a season of The Walking Dead. I wouldn't say this was the worst mid-season finale. I definitely would not say it's the best. I would say it's near the bottom half. But I think, I want to say last year's mid-season finale was so anticlimactic. I think part of the problem is they set up these Mid season finales, they have to be these conclusive kind of events. And with the way this season was balanced, and with Rick leaving with three episodes left in the season, it put them in kind of a weird position. It's simply the mess season for that mid season finale. Yes, I think that's the great, the best way of, of describing it. But I will say the end point, that last five to 10 minutes of the episode felt like the walking dead should feel i'm not gonna say like felt like it used to feel because no it didn't it felt like it should feel at this point it felt relatively exciting it felt dangerous it felt like you knew a character was gonna die just didn't know who it was gonna be unless they except they were like they were calling their shot and it was their patterning in the way that you just knew it was gonna be jesus but other than that you kind of could question that who is it gonna be Tim, make it passing out, Please. Hashtag save Tim Gersh. Why do you drink your beer out of a straw in public? Uh, I do have an answer to that. It's not a very sexy answer. It's kind of a disgusting answer. But it's an answer nonetheless. I, a couple years ago, during the last season of Game of Thrones, it's been like a couple years now, fucked up my lip really bad, like really bad to a point where I still have trouble saying some V's and F's. It's just really fucked up. I I got a big cut, I bit my lip and it turned into this gigantic canker sore, which I'm pretty predisposed to canker sores as is. My grandmother used to get them all the time. It's a weird sort of zombie outbreak kind of thing of getting canker sores. And I've noticed over time of getting the sores that the weirdest things will trigger them. Silly things like if I had to switch my toothpaste to like non-sodium laurel sulfate toothpastes, and even other toothpaste. if I leave it on my mouth all night and don't wash out all the toothpaste, the next morning sometimes I'll have a canker in that spot. The other thing I figured out that drinking liquids that aren't water, if they touch my lips over time, like over like an evening of drinking beer beer and shit, a lot of times the next morning i wake up with a fucking, fucking canker shit. But if I drink it with a straw and I aim it down my fucking throat, it avoids the lips. Maybe it's in my head. It possibly could be in my head, but for whatever it's worth, it tends to help out that and I don't fucking, the shit doesn't show up. So because of that, now I'm in the fucking horrible habit of drinking out of a straw. I don't just drink beer out of a straw. I drink fucking <clears throat> wine or any alcohol And yet, get in a bar. I'm like, I'll do it like live in a bar out around people. It's very strange. It creates a, it brings up a lot of weird conversation and it's not necessarily the highlight of my day, but it does allow me to keep talking and not have to take breaks because of stupid lip injuries. But Blue Steel's called me on my shit. It's all about my lipstick. I don't want to ruin my lipstick. <laughs> hmm And I get the herpes. Bobby Boucher got the herpes from Joe.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, sleepy pussy. It's sexy already. I know the sleeping pussy is right there. Sorry, you guys. It's uh, that's my technical difficulty slime right now. Oh, and by the way, that's the season. That's the end of the Walking Dead. If you're here just for the Walking Dead discussion. Everybody, I'm just, I am just going to stay on live a little longer here and babble a little bit longer. But Walking Dead alone discussion is over with. So here we go. Bear with a straw is a new trend <laughs> that I'm kind of starting. Poor kitty cat. He doesn't even know he's on camera. Poor little guy. The whispers are Mexicans trying to get into America, says Arvin. Joe Dirty Herpes. Actually, from watching The Walking Dead, <laughs> that you've got the herpes. I'd love to have you both on a live stream if you're interested The Walking David and Kattegat. Oh, that would be great. I would watch the hell out of that. Love to see Walking David and Kattegat and Lindsay all talking about the show. I would be in the live motherfucking chat for that one. Show you guys some love and I would definitely let that know. Let you share that in the Discord group as well. Blue Steel says, this is all Hogwarts. Hog- Hogwarts. Phil doesn't want to ruin the lipstick as I said before. It makes me so mad because this is supposed to be Carl that goes to the hilltop and becomes a. <laughs> it's funny, LT. I read that as a Sith. I'm like, you trained at the Sith. David is David is one of the uh, best guys that if you, David is always down to have some fun. So uh, I will definitely let me definitely let me know when you guys do that stream so I can watch that shit. And Cadogan is in too. Oh, this is happening. I love it. The episode had a three had season three mid season. Finale sort of vibe to it. The Whispers have some hot-ass breath. Didn't Massachusetts legalize sandwiches, Phil? It did, and actually the first recreational stores just opened up. So, I mean, technically I could eat a sandwich on camera. But I realized, and I think I have, actually, on some of the uh, private streams, some of the patron streams, and on the karaoke stream, I definitely was. Uh, But for the normal stream it's more it's more habit than anything to set up the uh the, the camera and go go off the angle it's just one of those things that is almost funnier that I don't do it but i think eventually i probably probably won't hide it <laughs> it's like maybe i'm not doing that i need access to the discord group there is a link in the description box below, or if not, I'm sure, uh, Iron Throne, if he's still here will be, or if they are still here, because no one knows if I thrown, the guy or girl, uh, we'll be sharing the link in the description box or in the, con- in the chat, but it is in the description of this YouTube video to keep the discussion going. Lindsay says, either Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the ratings are released, Cadigan, The Walking David. Ooh, I'm excited about watching this. But yes, uh, Massachusetts did make that legal. And as I mentioned, the first recreational stores were open this week. Took them a lot of time to get those recreational stores open. I'm very excited about that. I'm probably more excited about casinos being open in Massachusetts than the legality of that. Uh, All I really care about is the decriminalization, partially because I never had problems getting it. But stores are fine and good and they're and they're great and I'm definitely going to make access and make use of them, uh, depending on what the better deal I get price-wise is. But, but the growing is really the cool thing, being able to grow, uh, which technically w- the sandwich I'm eating right now is a grown sandwich that I grew myself that you probably could have seen on streams this summer outside. Uh, so... I'm very, I'm excited about that, but casinos is probably the thing I'm most excited about in Massachusetts, which also open, which have been opening recently, and the one very close to us, like, very, very close to where Joe and I live, is opening this summer, and actually my bandmate, some of you guys may have watched our live music stream that we did, the two-piece trip band, if you didn't watch that, there are still some ways to watch that, if you're, if you're clever, (laughs) but... It's, a, it's an unlisted video right now. But my cousin, who's my guitar player in that band, is going to be working as a blackjack dealer at the casino. So I'm gonna be hanging out there and hopefully our band will be playing there a little bit as well. But Joe and I will be doing a lot of live streams from the parking lot of that casino <laughs> as we're gonna be spending a lot of time there. Excuse me. My grandmother drank through a straw, stroke. <laughs> Thank you, Ian, for sharing the Discord group. Let's let's talk about this on Twitter or something. Don't want. Oh no, you can you can Bogard my you can Bogard my chat all you want talking about this information, David. <laughs> I'd rather you talk about this than talk about uh, if you were talking about like putting together a collage or doing a a school project or something. I mean, it's relevant to The Walking Dead, and people that might pop in here might want to check it out. So feel free to chat away about that in the live chat. LT, you're always nothing but positive energy, dude. Lots of love to you, LT. Next time I come out to Vegas, I'm definitely letting you know, so maybe you can meet me at a casino <laughs> to hang out a little bit and have a drink. Love to toast. Joe and I would love to toast a drink with you, LT. If you can't play the sneak peek, took a couple of screenshots. If you can't play the sneak peek, took a couple of screenshots of the sneak peek. If you want to... Uh, if you want to send me those to my email at I got issues man at gmail.com, Tom, I will take a look at them here. I won't be able to show them on the on the screen, but I will take a look at them and talk about them. I can't tell if you really are enjoying The Walking Dead or you're ultimately just trolling. Oh, you did email me. Okay, awesome. So let's go through these screenshots. Oh my God, Tom, you just sent me a screenshot of your penis. I don't want to see this. So uh, the first one we see looks like we get an aerial shot, kind of like I, I wanted with someone in a coffin. It's, I think this is Jesus' funeral. We don't get an aerial shot of walkers. We get an aerial shot of Jesus' funeral. Then we have Balls of Fury guy and, and uh, Enid's boyfriend <laughs> hanging out and, t- and looking at each other like farts in the wind. Then our next shot is a little too dark for me to see on my horrible computer here. It's someone. <laughs> Is it Magna? I can't tell. Then we get two people looking, uh, looking at workers in a field. Oh no, it's walkers. Oh, we see uh, these are the these are the whispers. As we see their shady, their shoddy-looking masks from behind. We see the community. The we see some weird cowboy with a mule playing Red Dead. It looks like Rosita and Gabriel are having some issues as Gabriel's praying as Rosita's coming in and saying, uh, You should be praying in my ass. We see Legolas and his uh, arrow, arrow-faced friend. No, we see Carol and that girl from the kingdom heading back and probably running into some trouble. We see Daryl heading into a basement. With his arms wide. He's looking wide. (laughs) We see Michonne and Sadiq getting closer. T minus a half a season before they're hooking up. Then we see Carol and the king on a stage. Looks like delivering a monologue where it should be. (laughs) Instead of a normal life. Doing his best King Lear or Lady Macbeth situation here probably more likely. Then we see Opie or Beta, in his full zombie garb, looking pretty fucking cool, I will say so myself. And we see Michonne looking really upset. I mean, Michonne looks like she ate some bad lunch, someone poked her in the butt when she didn't want it, and they surprised her, someone someone pinched her unexpectedly, someone broke her bong knocked over a bond that the glass shattered everywhere. There's something really wrong with Michonne in this scene right now. She's upset. And then we see that maybe she's upset because The Walking Dead returns in in February. And then our last one is Negan. Not carrying his bat, but he's carrying what looks like a drumstick (laughs) with a pretty cool logo version of The Walking Dead where it's the TWD with Negan in the middle of the W. With his stick. Now free as a bird. So thank you to Tom himself for all of that shit. Beta was a basketball player. Someone ate her sandwich. <laughs> Beat small Darrell's only 5'9". Tom Cruise towers over in real life. still will be hilarious if the whispers made a statement by killing the hilltop leader tower in front of the entire group and the pants of them saying, Oh, thank God we hated her anyway. Phil, do you think anyone will die in the midseason premiere? Midseason premiere... No, I think the mid-season premiere will set everything in motion to set our new characters, but I don't think they'll kill anybody else of our main characters. I think it will lead into the the pattern that somewhere in the middle part of the season we will lose somebody and then we'll lose someone at the end. I think Carol or Ezekiel are going to die in the, the back half. And I also think, who else do I think is gone? I think, hmm, I don't know. Some of these other ones I think are maybe here for a long long term. I think Carol or Ezekiel is gone. Michonne is way too angry again. Michonne might be gone too at some point. Phil, am I too baked or did Michonne have the old hair? Is that a flashback? It could be a flashback, Tom. You're not, I mean, you are baked, but that's... <laughs> Those are two different questions, right? Um, It could be a flashback. She does look like that that could be past Michonne. Because our only clue to future Michonne and past Michonne is the hair change. So that's a good call, Tom, actually. Bill's cat will break the internet. We can only hope. Betty? Betty? Old man Betty, what's up? Say hi to the audience. Look. Look. You look over here. And you look to look right there. And he's like, "No, dude, I'm fucking 19 years old. Leave me the fuck alone, asshole." Just join the server. Thanks. For the- oh, awesome. The whispers kill Tara and Enid. Then turns the camera and say, "You're welcome." Then walk away, never to be seen again. Heads are gonna roll in the finale, quite literally. In the box, a bunch of people are gonna die at once. Hopefully, they kill Tara, <laughs> One Eye Gabe, all new people, new Carl, new Judith. I think we might leave there, I think, to a point eventually where the only characters that exist from our original group is Daryl. I do think someone like Aaron might stick around for a while. <clears throat> and like Enid and Tara. <laughs> I feel like characters like that will stick around for a while because the actors will never command that, much big, that big of a salary. So at this point when The Walking Dead's ratings and the budgetary things, what Mike was saying earlier is true. It all comes down to the bottom line. After you lose Andrew Lincoln, it's like, oh, okay, anyone else we can get rid of now. It's about maintaining the show and keep doing it and keeping salaries in a proper, sp- proper spot. Betty the cat. Mm-hmm. Betty, and, uh, Betty and Lotus get along really, really well, too. We We do have two other cats as well, George and Tiger, who are Stephanie's two cats, but they don't get along with Betty or Lotus. So unfortunately, we're rehoming them. I do wish uh, a huge amount of people would die in an unexpected time without spoiling what was being leaked. You had a chance to do that with the first time you killed killed uh, Glenn with the dumpster situation. To me, I said that was such a bold moment because I didn't see it coming and the character just disappeared. That's why Joe said to me, Yeah, he's probably not dead. And I I was like, no, 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 The Walking Dead has balls. They killed off a main character. And as much as I love Glenn, killing him off in that dumpster situation, saving that guy Nick, seemed like a poetic death for him and was shocking and out of the blue. Not predictable at all. And then, of course, it was what it was. I, in The Talking Dead... Tom Paine actually looked cheery and shit. He, like he just dodged a bullet being off the show. He's like, thank goodness I'm off the show. Bye, Betty. I know your audience is upset. They have to, they have to look at me again. They're like, I don't want to look at your ass. Get back to the dog, the cat. But yeah, this will be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This will be Betty's eighth place living. So people that were asking how he's going to do with the move, he should do fairly well. I mean, the only problem is has to do with he's old, and if the litter box isn't easy for him, he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to the bathroom right here, oh, i fuck. He's an old outdoor cat that doesn't even like the fact that he has to even think about using a litter box. He's like, fuck this shit. So welcome literally to Uncle Phil's ketchup couch.
1: mm mm
0: the last thing you want after killing a bunch of people and characters is a chance to breathe. The way to really pull people in is to hit them when they're down. To broadsize them with mystery, action, intrigue. David's so right. And that's where The Walking Dead can really be in a good point post-Rick Grimes. And what Joe, I think, is hoping for. When he says that he's hoping the show goes into a good place here. Because if you don't have a main character that you have to be forcibly care about and direct like a lot of attention and time towards. You can kind of do anything with any character at any time. And I think if The Walking Dead wants to be come back, as some people were saying, well, The Walking Dead would be back, it needs to truly shock an audience. The best gift any art has is surprise. Whether it's a joke, whether it's a dramatic moment in something, or whether it's a horror moment, surprise is the best tool that an actor or a Producer or director or whatever has to to emotionally affect an audience. That's why this whole this whole spoiler thing, <laughs> where people are actively seeking out spoilers and reading them and knowing what's going to happen on the show before it actually happens. What I try to actively avoid spoilers to the most part. I don't get I don't get douchey about it like someone tells me, "Oh, fucking ruin my day." Yeah, I'm fucking with. I'll seek them out. Like, it's one of those things like chocolate. Like, I have one piece, I'm just going to eat it all. I've I, I no chill. I have, I have the worst addictive personality in the world. But I guess my point here is, I, especially with something like Game of Thrones, for instance, that's coming, Or and the reason why I love Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad so much, because they're constantly shocking me, and not shocking me in a way of like it has to be shocking what I see, shocking me with that surprise. That's, what, that's what's great about theater, great... Again, about a joke or a stand-up comedian. A joke is so funny when you don't see the punchline coming. It's not when you predictably know a joke is coming. Excuse me. You need to goose the audience. on a show like The Walking Dead, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. when you have a built-in situation with a good force of nature type of thing like The Walkers, you have a good setup. To, at any point in time, let nature just take over. And create, not necessarily drama, but create emotional reactions to your audience if you do a good job at doing the base thing. And again, it all comes down to theater. I mean, movies aren't theater, but it's all theater in the way of like acting and connecting. All comes down to building character. And if you build character, you spend most of the time on the show really building character. Not dialogue exposition. Exposition does not build character. It makes you feel like you're missing something, especially when the exposition is the good stuff and what you're watching is characters talking about the stuff. Exposition works good as when you're leading into a good thing happening, like in Pulp Fiction, for instance. Quentin Tarantino does exposition really well because he, he makes the dialogue entertaining. Royale with cheese or whatever. You're hearing about this exposition about learning who Vincent Vega is through a story about him traveling over to France. It works because you're leading into the great action point of the scene where eventually, spoiler alert, Jules starts quoting Shakespeare and kills Robbie Krieger. I think that's Robbie Krieger from the Doors movie. No, is it the same actor? Whatever. But exposition when you're having characters do nothing and walk around do nothing and telling you stories about the shit that happened it's just boring and stupid and doesn't make you care about the characters. Walking Dead, you need to go back to the basics. Make us care about these new characters because you've fucked everything else. You introduce these new characters, create some so- stories that make us care, and then shock us by making us not expect the floor to be dropped out beneath us. It's just, it's just chilling and fucking hanging time. Let's go back in the live motherfucking chat. Oh, I love I love the love going on in the live chat right now. I love-, I love how we have a live motherfucking chat where people c- can be motherfuckers, but we're still can show the fucking love. And this is why this is why we get the best chat room in the fucking world. No fucking One oh, oh, too many capital letters there. Let's ban this fucker. He Tom Tom has an opinion different than mine. Let's ban him. I'm drunk and I'm drunk and stupid right now. Mm-mm. Jesus' intro was pretty good, but they didn't know what to do with him. Leaving him right after Andrew Lincoln, leaving right after Andrew Lincoln was smart. They, he was just another one of those characters. I just I group him moments with Tyrese. Interesting character on paper. They don't know how to dictate him on, on screen. And Michonne is another example. I find the way they write Michonne on the show, she's to me at least a lot more interesting in what I've seen of her in, in book form. David says, "What sucks is there's too much of the fan base who's aware of the source material, so spoiler speculation is far too intense." Breaking Bad better call Saul it's their own source material. David has a good point that it's hard to say fuck spoilers on something that a book or the other property exists. Reminds me of Vikings when people start talking about the Viking history in association to the show, and people go spoilers, and then someone goes the inevitable argument that spoilers, it's history, dude. How can I? How can history be spoilers? I can talk about the Viking epics because they're histor- it's historic. So I can talk about it as a reference to what they decided to do in the show. Same with Game of Thrones, another example with the books. Now it's a different example where people are seeking out set spoilers and stuff, which it's it's different. I, I don't discredit anyone that reports on that stuff. All the power to that. I, If I wasn't an emotional person, I probably would be doing the same thing. But I emotionally want to be affected by this final season of Game of Thrones. More than anything. More than I want to put out put out crazy stuff where I can tell you guys. I want to tell you what happens. I have this awesome news. And I'm not discrediting anyone that does that. Really. This isn't like what I was saying about the Walking Dead people. I love all my Game of Thrones fr- friends. And the people that decide to sh- report on that shit. All power to them. No fucking bad vibes. For me... I want to stay the fuck away from that because I want to be fucking shocked and awed while I'm watching what I'm watching. And I want to get that surprise. But the information's out there. It's different when you're dealing with like a comic book. But that being said, last season with Boat Sex, for instance, the song, the Boat Sex song, good or bad, whatever you want to think about it, if I didn't know about Boat Sex ahead of time, I wouldn't have written that parody song because I knew about it because I read spoilers. So I started going, oh, they have Boat Sex? So I started writing this silly, stupid song. I already know what I want to do for a parody song at the end of the final season of Game of Thrones. I don't know what the words of the song. <clears throat> so I'm like, should I read the spoilers so I know how to word the song? Like I know the song I want to. I want to parody. I know what the chorus of it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what I don't know is what the words are yet. So I'm like, do I want to spoil myself just to, just to just to know what the words of the song are going to be? But with Game, with uh, Walking Dead, the comics are just such a important part about it and so much the way of telling the stories and are so far out there and, and the stories are so far behind in the show and they'll never catch up to it that it's hard to judge it as spoilers when people start talking that material. That's why I didn't stop people from talking about the whispers in the chat room because it's out there, that information is out there. And I'm losing my voice because I'm not talking to a microphone. I'm like talking to my fire away phone. <laughs> Let's catch up with the chat. They love jumping the shark, jumping shark shit out of nowhere, nowhere deaths. <clears throat> it's not about nowhere deaths. It's about shocking me with a storyline. Better Call Saul is a good example of where they don't have shocking deaths out of every avenue, but they still shock me with story beats that they go with the story beats that they hit. The Bible, not Shakespeare. I love the hateful eight. oh. Dog, wake up, dog. Wake up, dog. Oh wait, how was I doing that? Atari Dad, I would never, never do that. Ugh, gross. <laughs> yeah, just the thought of it makes me sick. <laughs> Atari Dad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Walking Dead has bad pacing. Basically. Walking Dead is a fantastic contest But the writers are utterly uncreative Plus they're untalented shit Oh, <laughs> tired dad Gross I'm not I wouldn't dare turn into that Stupid cocksucker uh, Paul Q says they, the main zombies. Mike says When Daryl is about to die Saved by a helicopter will have visions of the dog talking to him <laughs> It'll be Norm McDonald's voice Game of Thrones can show you six story arcs in one episode, but The Walking Dead can't even do one fucking effect. Wait, he's still relevant, this category? <laughs> no. Only for, uh, only for smarter people to make fun of him. <laughs> Rude. That's a very good point The Walking Dead, but that's why I get irritated when I see readers bitching about this show not being exactly the source material. Callie Callie and Mike and... Having some fun times in the live chat. Voiced by Nova. Mike's better. Better than Norm dog Voiced by Dog the Bonnie Hunter. Mike means does not follow the real history. Sigurd was killed by... Uh, was not killed by Iber. He becomes king. Exactly. They use it as an inspiring point. You know, but with some stuff with like Rollo, it tends to follow fall some elements of history or with Bjorn. You can kind of predict where their stories are going to go by seeing where the hist- historical. It uses it as an inspiration. Michael Hurst has said that much. He doesn't follow history one for one, and that's probably better. Plus, a lot of that's a lot of that is not really dictated historically. A lot of it's in in uh, in fable. <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of it is open for interpretation. Mm-mm-mm. George R. R. Martin seems to be frustrated with the direction the show is going. Shortly after Euron was introduced in season six, he quietly posted a passage from the book, He'd be like, "This is fucking Euron, cock cocksucker. Look at my fucking suit of Valerian steel, you motherfuckers." Phil, you you're better at shooting from the hip. Oh, what? When I'm just like doing this, just sitting down, relaxing, and babbling, better than when I'm working off a script. <laughs> I'm never working off a script. It's just when I'm trying to read and try to talk about something. Tom, are you basically saying you'd rather all my streams be just me babbling, doing anything? You would have loved my old issues program. Basically, this was the issues program where I wouldn't have a topic necessarily and I'd grip and rip news articles. People would just send me shit and I'd read it and react to it in the moment and not really have much planning or not really be directed around any one subject. I do promise to do more of that kind of thing in the future. My video game streams kind of turn into that sometimes when I decide to talk. Those are going to be a lot more fun moving forward because I'm going to be able to do that in my podcasting seat. Tom, I'll give you more of what you want, motherfucker. Don't worry. You'll get it. You'll get it. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, fucking A. Oh, okay. But I just want, I wanted to know what, what you were referencing there. Yeah, what do I going to do? Ban people that disagree with me? Fuck that bullshit. <laughs> Does he do that crap? Ugh. His only purpose is again to have smarter people make fun of him, and and my enjoyment listening to them make fun of him. <laughs> David says, but there's too much expectation, and why people think they can spoil it because well, it's been out there for a while. Well, so it's fucking Harry Potter, but I'm sure some of those fans don't want to spoil it too. Walking Dead should have fired their entire writing staff way back in season four, like Forbes said. Walking Dead is television's greatest collapse. And better <laughs> I really like what they're doing on the show Preacher. They're not completely faithful to the comic, but they're keeping the spirit of the source material. This is coming from a fan of the comic. I think Daredevil's another great example of that, of someone, they they stay faithful to the source material of the comics, but not without doing the comics ex- themselves. You think Chris Hardwick really enjoys the show that much? No. <laughs> I think he enjoys his paycheck. And I also think you could see it in his face in tonight's episode. I was kind of watching a few minutes of Talking Dead. I don't think he liked this midseason finale. I don't think he can like that 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 he left the show. And mark my words, ten years from now after contractual bullshit separated, Chris Hardwick will do a podcast where he talks about his real feelings about when the Walking Dead started going downhill. When basically everyone in the mainstream starts hitting The Walking Dead for being shit, Chris Hardwick will jump off that bandwagon and jump on the other side and say, Yeah, the fucker really jumped the shark, didn't it? Uh. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-mm-mm. The Walking Dead thought a bottle episode of Tara all the people, <laughs> with all, of all people would be a good idea. I I really like what they do. Preacher, I really do need to check out Preacher. I've heard nothing but good things about that show. To be honest, what what bothers me most about The Walking Dead is the same beats, the same Stalin. Stalin. Like, you just need to watch season premieres and finales to be good to go. Tom himself is right. Most of the stuff that happens... I'd say this season's a little different because of the Rick Grimes thing. Dying in... Or not dying in a few episodes ago, ago. But Ultimately, Drake... I haven't said a lot of them tonight. You're right about that. It turns into... You can kind of basically just watch the premieres and the finales and know that you can hit those big moments, especially in the last few seasons. I'd say this half the season is a little different because they had to deal with this matzo ball that was hanging out there with the Rick Grimes thing. Tom himself, it's a formula. And that, what's bothered me about the season is a formula of the 40 minutes of nonsense, 20 minutes of somewhat... 10 minutes of somewhat action, 10 minutes of real action in every episode this season, especially in these three post-Rick Grimes. If he was asked to host Talking Cardassians, he would say it was epic too. Oh my God, did you see the way that they Snapchatted that question right there? Oh my goodness, make sure you add me on Snapchat. Chris Hardwick, but no, you can actually add me on Snapchat at, What is it? Garrett Quark or no Quark Garrick. It's either Quark Garrick or Garrett Quark. Phil, the issue's got Add me over there. Talk to me privately. Say, hey, Phil. I want Tom himself to send me a Snapchat of his left chest nipple. Do it, Tom. You won't do it. (laughs) Sorry. Cadigat says, Kelly, the Forbes gotta get so much shit for the fanboys. Uh we need the Issues Power Glove. Just a, if that's an Issues Power Glove. Lady Laura Dane. A lady is in the live chat. Always good to see be in the live motherfucking chat. To, be li- to have you in the live motherfucking chat. Always great to be live. Even from right here on my fucking couch. Whoa. It's got really blurry. Where is it? Or am I getting drunk? I've had two beers. I need to go in the kitchen and get a third beer. I'm not done yet. What time is it? Swap 24? Still get some time left. I'm not... Qu- We still got, we got 50 people in the live motherfucking chat right now watching live. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, but I do need to run to the other room and get a beer, get a beer. So let me see. (laughs)
1: Hi.
0: It's going to be a lot further of a distance coming up soon when we move get to the new place. I'm drinking tonight Allagash Cezanne. Um, let's see. Let's, let's continue here. Let's pour some more. There's actually a chance. I don't even know if I want to get this and put it into the world, as I said earlier. The chance that we may not be moving or I may be moving, but we may not be moving into the house that we thought we would. How did you insert the t-shirt into your... Oh. Someone was asking how... uh, Someone just asked a question. Megan asked, how did I get the YouTube... Like, where you can see the t-shirts below the YouTube video. It was an option for a... To test out... It was like, do you want to try out this feature now or wait till later? So we were testing it out now. And you can kind of link your store with your YouTube channel. So you can post the... Post... Instead of having showing other ads there, you can show your own stupid ads. (laughs) So that's why the t-shirt shit's available right below, so we'll constantly be developing that. I'm just gonna start taking some of Joe's designs and pictures he draws and just put them on t-shirts and if anyone wants them, they'll always just be available and if you don't want them, no big deal, but they're there. I'm so bad with that shit. You could also use- also I should be saying this as we're heading into Cyber Monday. (laughs) If any of you guys are doing any shopping. We have an Amazon link. Doesn't cost you any extra, but if you start your shopping with that link, that you can see in the description box of this video, but I think it's Amazon uh, backslash fill the issues guy, whatever it is, you can see it in the description box of the video. Someone can share it if you can link it. I wish I had it tonight, but start shopping. It's it it doesn't cost you any extra, and then a few pennies, like literally pennies, from your sales gets thrown into a jar and sent to me. yippee uh, yippee, yay motherfucker. So, you know, if you can't help in Patreon, can't Super Chat, can't all that stuff, and you want to help, you're buying shit anyway on Amazon. Always start your shopping with our Amazon link, and we get a little bit of a commission there for uh, directing you over there. Doesn't it? So, yeah. blah biddy blah biddy blah blah that shit. Okay, let's get catch up in the live motherfucking chat here. Some people are. Some people are legitimate fan girls. Singled out hosting Marital Children guest starring Chris Tarfick. Yes, Phil, you need to check out Preacher. Speaking of which, I'll be doing news coverage on Preacher on my channel. So make sure, again, if people haven't already, check out Cynical Lindsay over there on the YouTubes. Cat Holy oh, shit. Oh, th- thank you sharing this t-shirt shop over there. Ben Howard on Oats in the Water. Phil, you ready for Vikings? I am ready for some fucking Vikings. I will not probably not be doing the very first episode of the season on the channel, uh, because of moving purposes, but I will be catching up by episode two. <laughs> I am checking out Twitter live right now. Megan. Hi, Megan. <laughs> Megan live tweeting right, or sending me private messages on Twitter right now. Hi, Megan, my fellow Deep Space Nine fanatic. I forgot to piss in a bottle tonight. Uh Devin's been trying to get that feature work. He hasn't been able to figure it out. Uh, Devin, if you watch this, message me privately. Which you, and I can explain you how to do it if it ends up working for you as well. Uh but yeah, if you happen to watch this, Devin, let, let me know. Message me privately. But ultimately I'm I'm back. What you need to do is <laughs> what you need to do is uh opt in for the test of the The new dashboard thing and then it's one of the selections on the dashboard but I don't know maybe they just send it out like you want to try out new features maybe I just got randomly selected in the fucking bin to try out one of the new features first lots of love to some so this episode was a very very little side butthole in this video Uh, I missed the side butthole okay yes the music in season four is awesome up the wolves and mountain goats I wish I could stick around, but I'm going to be up early in the morning. Good night, Phil. Good night, Lindsay. I'm actually going to be on for a little while longer anyway, but Lindsay, have a good night. And thank you, Iron Throne, for sharing the t-shirt link. Phil, how do you lose a fight to a tree? <laughs> Has someone been watching my uh, Red Dead streams? <laughs> oh my God, it hit my fucking face. Pills, Alpha Male, plus Vitality Players, uh, Brune Broth available as well. You can buy that. Yes, you can definitely buy, uh, buy my, uh, blue, little blue pills. Mm-hmm. Some of them watching my Red Dead streams running into a fucking tree. What else have I been watching? I've been re-watching a lot of shit. I've been, uh, I've been re-watching Mad Men just because I need some shit on in the background while I'm doing work around the house, like packing. So I haven't been able to pay attention to new shit, so I've been just kind of like putting on shows that I've watched in the past. And what else have I been watching new? The, la- the last couple of new things I watched were Netflix-oriented, were the new season of Daredevil that we watched and we talked about. Uh, what else was, there was like a few things that came out, of the, I watched the whole new season of, of, uh, fucking, what the fuck's it called? Oh my god, I always blank on it, the, uh, the, 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 the fucking politics show on, on Netflix, with, uh, it used to have Kevin Spacey on it, with Robert Wright on it. I watched that whole new season. We got broken alive on the fucking chat. Mm-hmm. The Kaminsky Method, or whatever it is, with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. We do. We get on the sex couch. Come come sit down, David. I mean, broke. Come sit down, broke. House of Cards. Yeah, House of Cards. I can never remember that name for some reason. But The Kaminsky Method uh, with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin, I watched that. And I'm very, I was very much entertained by that. It's a little sad at times, but it's, it's well put together. Michael Douglas is really good on it. It's uh, him as generally what at his best at this point. And Alan Arkin's exceptionally awesome as well. I definitely enjoyed it. It's heavy at times. Excuse me. Danny DeVito makes a couple cameos, which is always awesome. Anytime Danny DeVito graces our screen, <laughs> he's pretty fucking hilarious. And him and Michael Douglas, who uh, I haven't seen them act together since War of the Roses... Uh, seeing them together on screen f- fills me with all sorts of positive feelings. So, I, I generally would recommend the Kamitsky Comis- meth- you know, method or whatever it is. You'll know after the first episode if you can watch that kind of show. It definitely has its sad elements. You're gonna like be cryy in it at times, but I generally liked it. <laughs> Helix Jones boner broth astronaut diapers for YouTube streamers. I've thought about that before. If I did like a 24 hour stream, if I'd wear a diaper, I totally would. I wouldn't be surprised. It's YouTube constantly fucks with, fucks with that fucking dude. They fuck with me too, but nothing like they fuck with him, too, especially cause he's like, a you know, fucking so, so there's so many people that fucking love him. And they just keep fucking deleting his channel like a bunch of fucking cocksuckers. So fuck you bastards. Makes me sick. On Phil's sex coach. Ask me any sexy questions on my sex coach. Can you ask Tom himself why does he forget shit? Because he drinks too much. I can answer that question for you. It's it's a combination of too much smoking and too much forgetting. (laughs) Can you ask him why he changed his name? Does he keep asking you why he changed his name? Sitting on the sitting on the ketchup couch. I gotta get a new ketchup couch. Hopefully in the new room, we will have the ketchup couch. Like a legitimate ketchup couch. Yes, we will. Phil, have you ever watched black sales? You're treading on something that would make our lovely Miss Timo very upset. She's been constantly watching me to, wanting me to watch black sales. I watched the first couple of episodes and I very much loved it. And I look forward to watching it. I don't have access to stars. Uh, Someone was very nice enough to give me their stars access at one point in time. But then I never was able to finish the show. And it's been so long since I logged into their account. I feel weird logging into their account again. But I will watch Black Sails eventually. And we'll eventually talk about that show. It'll be many years from now. Maybe sooner rather than later. But I definitely liked what I saw. So will Georgia come back to Hilltop when they hear what happens to Jesus? I think so. Maggie won't, but Georgie, Georgie will. But I think I've said this before. I've said this before that I think that Tara is going to become the leader of Hilltop, and that's why they had those few episodes to show Tara basically runs things anyway for Jesus to make us more friendly, more readily accept her as a leader. If I could be on a podcast. Would I pick Stern or Rogan? Podcast, and it would have to be Rogan because Stern doesn't do a podcast. If I could be on Stern's show or Rogan's show, who would I want to be on? Can I say what can I say M- Can I say what the fuck? Um, if I could be on either of their shows, it's hard for me not to say I'd be on this I would want to be on the Stern show. Even though Stern would not get what I would do, he'd make fun of me more. He'd probably whereas Joe Rogan, I think, would probably take the time to like be like, oh. Would be probably more into what I do and treat me more respectively, whereas Stern would make fun of me for being useless and not in real radio because he thinks podcasts are shit. So, but growing up and with what Stern did for radio and my fandom shit, like it would probably, even to this point, would probably most want to be on the Stern. This, between those two would probably be the Stern Show. Even though I have a ton of respect for what Rogan does and I'm a fan of the Rogan Show. But Stern's fucking Stern. We miss Timo. Timo, we've had some Timo appearances in the live stream, uh, Ian. She showed up in a couple of Daredevil streams. And I believe she poked her head in a Walking Dead stream as well. So Timo is back in some form or fashion. You just have to be lucky to find her. She will be around definitely in The Walking Dead and more time as time goes on. So, Timo is around. Timo has returned to us. She's had a tough year. So, when you see her, make sure you give her lots and lots of love. Unstern, I'd be reuniting with my dad. It's true. It's true, but Stern would hate me, and Stern would make fun of me, and treat me like I'm nothing, and treat me like a piece of shit, because I am nothing, and I'm a piece of shit, but mainly because I am podcast, and I do live streaming and shit, and I'm not on terrestrial radio, even though I was on, like, college radio for a while, and I interned at a real radio station, he would still be like, you're useless, you didn't pay your dues, you suck, blah, 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 you're not on real radio, he'd make fun of me, Constantly. Rogan would make fun of me, but he'd also be relatively interested in what you have to say. <laughs> I'd be blazing on Joe's Read. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'd have more fun on Rogan. But if I had to decide between being on Stern and Rogan, I'd have to pick Stern because of the historical aspect of it and because of my childhood fandom of growing up being a fan of, of how, such a fan of Howard Stern. So, like, the chance to have said I was on the Howard Stern show as a guest, would probably overtake anything else. To me, it's like the radio equivalent of saying you were on the Johnny Carson show as a, as a, on television. Like, there's just something about that. But I would probably have way more fun on the Joe Rogan show. Or even way more fun, like, talking to fucking... But I wouldn't say either of those would be on the tops of my list of if I could be, like, interviewed or on any possible person's live stream or radio show it's starting to be close but i wouldn't say those were like the tops of my list of like people i could be on like if i could be on anyone's show anyone's live stream anyone's channel like as much as i respect you know a fan of rogan and and i'm a huge fan of howard cern i would be too fan to me on those things i wouldn't be able to be me i'd be like eh, hey. Johnny Rico says, have you ever noticed that every leader of Hilltop gets killed or just goes away? First Gregory, then Maggie, goes bye-bye, now Jesus is dead. Make Ina the leader so she goes away, please! Thank you, Ellie. Check out the t-shirts. Damn, Phil. I'm like that with Vikings. I just saw, like, five or six episodes of Ragnar became the Earl, whatever the title. And I was like, his bitch-ass brother plotting, like, Littlefinger. Maggie, Jesus, good, I moved away because I hated you all. You could have a hair duel with Howard Stern. If Stern and I, if I was on Stern's show, we'd be talking about hair. I think we'd be—that's basically what we'd be talking about. So on Sterns, you would feel more like answering my stupid comp. So on Sterns, would feel more like answering my stupid comments in the chat. He'll toss the curse. I'd pick Rogan for the free weed. Stern just lucked out with what he does. He's the worst. I can't stand him. Phil the issues guy. Very fair. I I I can uh, I can't tell you to like somebody. Stirred as an asshole. Amen to that. Timo is into superhero shit. That's what I'm saying. They Neither of those guys would be top on my list. Timo is into superhero shit. Shows up for daredevil recaps. Phil versus Beetlejuice versus Gary. Uh, so the cat is the new technical dif- difficulties. Yeah, technical issues for right now. Tom, only if you watch Daredevil, W motherfucker. This means Timo should be around the Vikings. He's like, Lady Laura Dane's like, I'm done. Fucking stern fan. <laughs> the Issues Cat program. <laughs> Phil was on it. Phil was on a show. It was the Chris Hansen show. Shh. Don't tell anybody about that. What Jesus died this episode? This is like watching that giraffe thing a while back. Phil, why don't you have a seat, Phil? No, no, no. I got the wrong house. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I actually showed up for Daredevil. No, Tom did show up occasionally for Daredevil in the morning. But Broke was there for almost every Daredevil podcast. But my dream scenario, if I could be on a live broadcast or a live show with anybody ever, not ever, but who would who would I be on with? That's a tough question. There's a lot of people I'm like fandom geeky about. But it's another thing, like, who do I think I'd be funny with? I think I think about that more. Who would I be good, you know, who would, who would I make a good show with? There's certain people I meet and I talk to, I'd just be kissing their ass. I couldn't help but kiss their ass. When am I going to be doing another live stream collab? Uh, you mean, like, have someone on my channel or go over to someone else's channel? i I wish I got invited more over to streams, <laughs> you know, especially especially with some of my uh, other friends. i will I almost gladly accept every time I'm invited somewhere. As for having people on, once I get situated into my house, I definitely very, very soon, I can say that I will be inviting a couple of my old friends from Game of Thrones on to do some Game of Thrones podcasts. I, it's been way too long since I've had Tony on. I can say that without a doubt, I'm gonna to have Tony on very soon, as soon as possible when I get into a new place. Also have a couple of other folks I wanna send out some invitations to, to join me for some fun podcasts. Um, I'm gonna be doing a Christmas podcast I can announce, or a holiday podcast with Gemma from Secrets of Citadel. Uh, I can definitely announce that because we, we just have to pick a date and pick some stuff. We're going to pick a random Christmas movie or do favorite Christmas movie lists. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do, but Gemma and I are going to do something holiday movie related. And I might have a bunch of different uh, other YouTube people, Game of Thrones streamers, talking about holiday movies. Like maybe talk about Christmas Vacation, talk about Die Hard Gremlins I, th- I think Gemma and I are treading around doing a review of Gremlins is what's what's the discussion at the moment. But we will figure it out. But uh, but yeah, I can say that sometime in December I'll be having Gemma on. And yes, we're going to get towing on ASAP. Phil, would love to see Phil do a collab with Roris. There's a bunch of Roris and I collabs. I had her on the channel and she's had me on her channel a bunch of times. She's someone I will definitely be having on the channel again. Her and I have a lot of good times because we're both crude crude in the same way. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I've been on her channel a couple of times. And she was on here last Game of Thrones season for one of our feedback shows. So you can look back and check that out as well. So uh, we'll definitely be inviting her on Up and Coming soon. Should have been a Nightmare in Elm Street podcast. We're definitely going to be doing a Nightmare in Elm Street podcast. Phil can come on my show he, when he he has like twenty thousand subs. I have fifty six. It's gonna be a win. Uh, maybe Tony, I, I could actually talk to Tony to see if he's willing to do a Nightmare on Elm Street podcast with me. But I definitely want to get Tony on something uh, very soon. It's been a, too long since Tony and I have talked. And yeah, she's fu- she's funny as fuck, and we have a lot of great times talking. So uh, so I can say those three those three will hopefully be coming up at some point in time soon. I'd like to see Phil do a collab with a guy who actually loves the show. You mean like a Walking Dead collab with someone that likes the show? I would love to do something like that. Uh, I would also... I've been pushing to do a couple of things with some people outside the Game of Thrones community as well, too. And as I mentioned, if anyone has any YouTube people or podcasters that you'd love to hear me on their particular show or their podcast, please, I wouldn't say spam those people, but let those people know. (laughs) Tell them to get in touch with me because it's always better to come from a third person. Or let me know and I can reach out to them privately. So if you guys have anyone that you think you may want to see me on their channel or some big, huge channel you'd love to see that have me on, let them know. I have not Lady Dane, but I would absolutely love to if she would ever do something with me, but I doubt it, she's way too big. Of course, David. Anytime, my friend. But I've definitely reached out to a couple people, and and I also will be doing something with Nick from History Buffs very soon as well, too. Uh, Sometime when, probably as we get closer to Game of Thrones season, probably a preview for Game of Thrones or during Vikings season as well. It's always good to get Nick's thoughts on Vikings. Right, as Iron Throne says, don't spam them. Encourage them. Enthusiastically. Persistently. Be like, I want to see Phil on your channel. I see you doing a whole bunch of collabs and having other people on your podcast or in your live stream discussions. Why don't you invite Phil on? So by all means if you want to hear me talk and babble with other people definitely reach help help me by reaching out to them those are the best ways to help the channel grow i have not picked up the book yet but i do have a way to check it out i do have access to the book i am waiting to get myself the audiobook and i have started to read it a little bit and i definitely like what i read so far But I have started to uh, read, I could, could want me to read some of it to you guys right here, right now? Should we, should we, should we do this? Should, should, should I read, should I start to read this book to you guys? Let, let's see. Let's see if I have access to it really quickly. But I definitely want to get the audiobook because I am, that's how I best take in information. But yes, let's get let's, let's start to read the first little bit of the book. Let's scroll down, sorry. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's 780 pages here, baby. Whoa, it's getting big. It's getting big, it's getting big. Well, I you guys don't want to hear what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where we go, uh, you guys don't want to hear full screen. Go, let's go to the next page. How do I get to the next page? Oh, it's. I gotta scroll down. Fire and Blood by George R.R. R. Martin. Table of contents. Skip, 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 skip. Scroll down. The Maesters of the Citadel, who keep histories of Westeros, have used Aegon's conquest as their touchdown for the past 300 years. Births, deaths, battles, and other events are dated either A.C. or B.C. True scholars know that such dating is far from precise. Aegon Targaryen's conquest of the Seven Kingdoms did not take place in a single fucking day. More than two goddamn years passed between Aegon's landing and his Old Town coronation. And even then, the conquest remained incomplete, dude. Since Dorne remained unsubdued. Sporadic attempts to bring the Dornishmen into the realm continued all through King's Landing, all through King—not King's King Land, King's Landing, King Aegon's reign, and well into the reigns of his son, making it impossible to fix a precise end date of the war for the War of Conquest. Even the date, the start date, is a matter of some misconception. Many assume, wrongingly, that the reign of King Aegon. The first Targaryen began on the day he landed on the mouth of the Blackwater Rush, beneath the three hills of where the city of King's Landing would eventually stand. Not so. The day Aegon's Landing was celebrated by the kings and his descendants, but the Kong- conqueror actually dated the start of his reign from the day he was crowned and the anointed in the starry sept of the Old Town, by the high septum of the Faith. The coronation took place two years after Aegon's Landing. So it's set up like a history book for people that don't know, and I think it's very awesome when shit like this comes out because it just creates creates more texture to the world. I understand the people that are like, oh, you should only come out with Winds of Winter, but no, that's fucking bullshit. I think this is awesome. I liked A World of Ice and Fire, and this is another piece into that that just adds more texture and depth into this world. And if you're a fan of the Targaryens, it's kind of a must-read. I've enjoyed reading through it so far and what I've read. I can't wait to get the audiobook and listen to it and truly kind of at, take it all in that way. And, yeah, it's it's definitely cool. And if you're expecting more narratives and more storylines and stuff, that's not the kind of book it is. It's more of a history book. And treat it that way and enjoy it that fashion. So. Wish I was in the room with, with the man that created Cersei fucking Lannister. I got my autograph copy, but I'm only in chapter two. I don't have the time yet. It was so nice to hear George R. R. Martin talk with the book Lady Laura Dane. That's fucking awesome. Reading sucks if it gets you gets you people to read that it can actually be fun. Phil behind the camera. I already do that, Phil, because it's always a good time in the lab motherfucking chat. Phil and the Chris Chan show. I I don't know who that is, but I fuck, I would do everybody. I, I would do a collab with anybody. <laughs> I have a lot of fun talking to people, random folks. And as long as you're fucking on the level and, talk, and, and cool shit, not full of complete... But even if you're full of shit, I'd do a fucking podcast with you. I don't care. I'd talk to you. I'd have fun. I have fun talking and talking to different people. Fucking Game of Thrones nerds. Tom himself. It's like, you fucking Game of Thrones nerds. Tom, more than anything, Tom is hoping that Game of Thrones isn't good. So people complain. Great AC controversy in f- Fire and Ice or Fire and Blood. Old tie, when some say he was the Mad King. Started the Walking Dead recap, ended with a Game of Thrones audio book. <laughs> you never know where we're going to go, Blue Steel. Books suck, said Tom himself. Comic books, reading sucks. Screw you for reading. Screw you, Tom. Fuck you, Tom. Fuck you, Tom. <laughs> I'm reading it for the food descriptions. No, you don't want that collab, says Mike. Okay, I don't want that collab. Thank you. You're a collab whore. I love it. I am. I am, but I'm not. <clears throat> because I'm actually not. I actually don't do too many, but I would. Because I'm always down. Oh, shit. Here we go. We're back. YouTube YouTube shut me down. It's funny. It's funny the moments where everything gets disconnected. And I'm back. I guess just to start to wrap things up. Everybody, thank you so much for joining me tonight. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this silliness, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We're back. This is like when you get disconnected on the phone with somebody. Do Do you reconnect to say goodbye? I guess I have to say goodbye. I'm not quite ready to say goodbye. Let's take a few more comments. Uh Uh-oh, the white circle of doom. Oh, shit, we lost you, Phil. (laughs) I am a whore. If this ends with love talking to you, motherfucking Chad. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving or Thursday. We're back. Can you guys hear me? Is there sound? I'm not going anywhere. We lost half the people, but that's okay. Oh, someone asked, I might not be moving into the place. Yes, we went for a walkthrough today to the new place that we were moving into. And they were supposed to do a bunch of shit that they were supposed to get done before uh, before the closing, which is at tomorrow at 8 a.m. And they were supposed to get a bunch of work done. And... <laughs> They were both. They're supposed to get like X amount of work done. It was, it was electrical work, right? I'm not. I'm like, why am I being cloak and dagger about it? They're supposed to put, do a bunch of electrical work, and get permits and have receipts for the electrical work. So we get in there and we check everything else in the house out to make sure everything's okay. And what's kind of funny too is the person that was living in the house was really, really fucking sick. So we're like in there with fucking hospital (laughs) masks to protect ourselves from the sick and we're like running around checking out the house and everything is is doing pretty well so we get to the point where we get to the receipts and we get the fucking shit and instead of having a receipt for the electrical work that was done what they basically have is a check made out to a random person's name that's it they say this is the check for the electrical work. We got the electrical work done. Here's a check that we made out. Okay, where's the receipt? Where's the permits that they told you to pull? And they didn't do any of that shit. They fucking at us. Had some dude come down to fucking put a wood plank over the electrical wires so we couldn't check them out in the attic to see if they actually did the work. They hid it. <laughs> That's what they did. They hit it. And they wrote a check for that. They could have wrote a check to their friend for fucking uh, weed money, as far as we know. And so they fucking breached the fucking shit and they didn't give us what we needed and they lied to them. So now it comes down to, we might just say, fuck you. We're not fucking taking your shit because. So it's tomorrow. Everything needs to be hashed out with like lawyers at a fucking at the closing table. And arguing back and forth like two fucking bulldogs. Like, Fuck you, motherfucker. You fucking asshole, you fucking like back and forth. Where everything should have should have gone smoothly. So basically, we're willing to accept the shitty shit that they did, but they need to pay us more. <laughs> they need to they need to uh make it good somehow. And I know people don't want to hear this fucking bullshit, but the one asked the question, so I'm answering the fucking question. So, but there's a chance that shit might not fall up, but but because of the way stuff happens. Either way we have to sell this fucking house. Either way we're. So there's a chance. That we may say fuck you. And not take the house. That we're going to move into. Because the because of a big, all this fucked up sh- situation. And just sell our house anyway. Because we kind of have to at this point. Because of stupid reasons. And. Yeah. And then just be homeless for a while. But. But, I don't really think that's going to happen. I think it's all going to work out. And, but, to answer the person's question, that's what's going on with all that. I could go live with Joe. That's always the solution. That's Joe and I talk about that often. How if uh, anything ever fucks up in either of our relationships, like if Katie Crow ever decides to fly the coop or Stephanie kicks me out, basically Joe and I will live together. So people are praying for our relationships to fall apart. So Joe and I live in a house together and we turn it into a reality show where it's like grumpy old men with Joe and I wandering around Joe's house. (laughs) Getting old. But yeah, it's just a lot of shit. It's more stress for Stephanie than it is for me because she's the one in the... It's her fucking bullshit. And these people are fucking shady as shit. And they like lied about a whole bunch of shit we caught them in and whole bunch of crap so there's a chance we may be living out of our car for a couple of weeks but if that happens it happens whatever yeah I hope it works out too because I generally like the space that we might be moving into for the studio and for the podcast stuff I have to check it out again today it's gonna be a little different but it's gonna be uh I think I think it should work out for our needs but yeah blah blah blah. blah. I know no one wants to hear about stuff but if you're tuned in this far in the podcast you don't mind hearing about personal bullshit and someone asked the question, so there you go. Homeless, but with a PS4, I take that in the group. <laughs> someone send Phil a house to PO box. You can do that. You can send me one of those pixel brick shits. At least you get to shag in the back seat. You know, nostalgia factor. Of course. Well, my back seat's kind of disgusting. <laughs> oh my goodness, but it should be fun. It should be fun. Yes, Sandra. Oh, nominated for an Emmy. Oh, she's great, but the opposite is even better. Oh, fucking sorry. I'm jumping in the live motherfucking chat. Thank you to all of you guys sending the positive energy my way. You guys are fucking amazing. And thank you to everyone that checked out this video. Oh, wow. We have right now we have 31 people watching and 31 likes. Oh, That's really good news. But either way, I appreciate you guys being on here tonight for this quick stream. I wanted to make this quicker than usual because I'm on here for two hours and 45 minutes babbling. I will hopefully be on here for Vikings this way as well, and I'll keep you guys updated on what happens with the whole house situation. Hopefully, we'll be in the new area as soon as humanly possible, and maybe Bro can make us a house full of Funkos. <laughs> you guys are awesome. If you haven't already, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Help us grow by suggesting us to do a collab with somebody else or help just sharing the channel by sharing it with a friend you think that might enjoy our silliness. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be on. We'll at least be back for Vikings episode two. And at some point, at least to get my quick reaction to Vikings season premiere episode. It depends if I can find a way to be able to watch it on Wednesday evening as I don't have access to that channel now because our cable's already shut off and I'm using it through uh, stolen means. I would love to. King McKay's been on our channel as well. I would love to uh, guest on King, McK- King McKay's channel at some point in time during the Viking season absolutely have King McKay back on to King McKay's great people and a very funny dude as well. I had King McKay on last season as well for the Game of Thrones feedback shows. So if you want to check out King McKay and me together, you can check that out on, on my channel. If you look back on last season's Game of Thrones feedback shows. Yeah. King McKay is one of my shit buddies. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a truly good people. I met, Got to meet King McKay out at the Con of Thrones and King McKay's brother. Both of them are awesome dudes. And he's probably going to show up right now in the chat because we're talking about him. But King McKay pops in the chat on occasion as well. So so yeah, I will definitely try to... I'll actually try to have King McKay on my channel during Viking season and hopefully be able to pop on his channel as well. Because he, he, he does crazy on those... Uh, he does amazing, crazy Vikings content. So... Okay. Phil, you know Jake from Study the Craft TV? No, I do not. I'm, I'm just, I'm showing how stupid I am. I don't know anybody. I'm like, can I be on the Angry Video Game Nerds channel? <laughs> no. Everybody, I'll talk to you guys next time. Love you guys. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I don't know how this is going to be as an audio podcast. But I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. Go, Phil, go to Joe's house and watch fucking bike. So I was like, I don't want him at my house. What I might do is he might give me access to his Sling TV and let me watch uh, Vikings that way. That's the goal. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for checking it out. And thank you all of those that stuck with us through any technical difficulties we had. Hopefully this way doing the stream wasn't too uh, distracting. I, better than not doing it, though. Bye live motherfucking chat. You guys always make my evening better. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.